<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? Uh, this is the wonderful Paula Poundstone, who uh, I only met the night that we recorded this here at my house. But uh, before we get to that, a couple things to plug uh, that I very, 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 very much hope you check out. Uh, this Saturday, the 15th, December 15th, my new stand-up comedy special on HBO will be airing at 10 p.m. It's called Pete Holmes' Dirty Clean. Uh, it would mean so much if you guys could check it out, especially the night that it airs, uh, if you want to show your support through the gift of ratings. Uh, but I worked really hard on it. I hope you guys like it. And also, January 20th will be the premiere of the third season of Crashing. I can't believe I even get to say that. I'm so excited. We worked really hard on that. We had a lot of fun. Really hope you love it. So please tune in and uh, check out the whole season. If you hear this the day that it came comes out, came out, uh, tomorrow, well, actually, no, I'm sorry, tonight, it'll be Wednesday. So tonight, I am at Largo doing my stand-up show, Pete Holmes Living at Largo. Some amazing guests, including a You Made It Weird favorite, Rory Scovel, will be on the bill. It's going to be incredible. I'm not doing a lot of stand-up, so this will be probably my only show in December. Uh, actually, I am going to be in New York. When is that date? I'm going to have to look it up. Well, you can look it up. There's a, there's a, you guys can look it up. I don't want to make this intro too long. Uh, if you look, uh, there's going to be a crashing live show at the Gramercy Theater in New York. It's me, um, Judd Apatow, John Mulaney, uh, Jamie Lee, Jabuki Young-White. It's an amazing lineup and some special guests and music. It was my last tweet. If you guys uh, want the link to the tickets, just go to Pete Holmes on Twitter. Um, so I'll be doing stand-up in New York, but also at Largo tonight, uh, Largo-LA for tickets. Um, before we get to Paula Poundstone, I do want to give a shout-out to the Pete's Picks, which are, you know, surprisingly helpful around the holiday season. As we always joke, this is a free podcast, but if you want to show your support, one of the ways is to buy a Pete's Pick. And the reason they're Pete's Picks is these aren't just uh, random endorsements. These are products that I first used and loved and had a relationship with and then reached out to the company saying, let's talk, let's tell the weirdos about it. Let's get them a promo code. And they agreed and became Pete's Fix, which is awesome. The newest one is Kachava. Kachava is a plant-based, born-in-the-jungle superfood smoothie powder that is amazing. I bought it initially to add to my smoothies, uh, but then I realized after I bought it that it is the smoothie. It's the first product like this that you really can add to water. A lot of them claim, like, just add it to water and it'll be tasty, and it, and it never is. This is actually delicious because they put coconut powdered coconut milk in it, so it makes the water into coconut milky deliciousness that mixes with the chocolate or the vanilla. I get one of each and mix them up so it tastes like an Oreo. It's incredibly nutritious and, what's rare, incredibly delicious. As I always say, Val doesn't like these types of uh, plant-based superfood smoothies that I make. She loves cachava. I make it for her with uh, almond milk and a handful of frozen strawberries. It makes this like amazing, basically ice cream. It's like cachava chocolate ice cream, 100% plant-based. It's got omega-3s from chia seeds and flax seeds. It's got eight super fruits. It's got 17 greens and veggies. It's gluten-free, it's soy-free, and free of artificial sweeteners and preservatives. It's got digestive support built in, 1,000 milligrams of adaptogens, 24 grams of fiber, uh, sorry, protein. I was going to say plant-based protein. 24 grams of plant-based protein and 9 grams of fiber. And it gets, it gets you like a, nutri a nutrient high, is how I put it, because it's got raw cacao in it. It's got maca root in it. Wonderful for energy. You can make it in 30 seconds. You don't need a blender. 
just throw it in some water and shake it up. It's basically a meal and a pill and gives you a nutrient overload that'll make you feel great. And they give our listeners 20% off. Go to Kachava, K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird and you will get 20% off your purchase. I am actually, no no lie, the second Pete's pick is me undies. You guys know this. I'm wearing I'm wearing triple me undies right now, and I did not plan those. I'm wearing a t-shirt, an incredibly soft, amazing t-shirt from me undies. I'm wearing me undies, me undies, meaning my underwear is undies. It's kind of like a zebra looking pattern. And I'm wearing, I want to make sure I get this one. It, it's called the lounge pants. They're like PJ pants. These are my pajama pants. <laughs> I came home early. I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2, and the most comfortable pants that I own are my MeUndies lounge pants. I don't, I don't know if you guys know this. I recently realized I'm a grown man. I want some nice underwear. I want some comfortable underwear. I'm tired of having like a, a mixed-matched, mismatched cacophony of underwear that I choose from that sucks. I wanted good, the best underwear I could find, and I found MeUndies. It's made from micro-modal fabric, which is three times softer than cotton. It's the softest, most comfortable stuff in the world. They don't run down. They don't run up. They stay in place. They're the perfect fit. Uh, you can also get great style that is perfectly suited for you or your special someone if you decide to give these as a stocking stuffer. Hint, hint. That's a good idea. I got them all for Val when we did the overhaul. Perfect gift. They got uh, Star Wars prints. My favorite is a pirate print. It has like gold flake paint on it. So I got booty on my booty. I just made that up. Booty on my booty, me undies. <laughs> Seriously, they're, they're the most comfortable uh, underwear that I've ever owned. And as I mentioned, they also have the lounge pants and onesies in that same super soft fabric. Perfect for wearing on Christmas morning or the holiday of your choosing. They also have a great offer for my listeners for any first-time purchasers. When you purchase any MeUndies, you get 15% off and free shipping. And order by 12, 16, and get free shipping in time for Christmas. Crunch for time. Can't go wrong with a MeUndies.com gift card. That's a no-brainer. Get 15% off the most comfortable underwear you'll ever own. Right, Val? That's right. <laughs> MeUndies. Uh... I don't know. You can say, go to MeUndies.com. Wait, you don't have to do that. This isn't uh, to get you there. It's just to get you to buy them, go buy them through their website. Or you can go to MeUndies.com slash weird. Oh, no, you should. Yeah, you should. No, you do. I was wrong. That's MeUndies.com <laughs> slash weird. You threw me off. E-I. What? For weird. E-I. Oh, E-I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. MeUndies.com slash weird for uh, 15% off. I'm going to dance. I love I you. I love you. Sorry. Have fun. No problem at all. Not at all. Enjoy dancing. Dance your heart out. I will. I always do. <laughs> dance like nobody's watching. Dance like, no, dance like everyone's watching. Who has that bit? I love you. I love you. And finally, Pete's Pick, the original Pete's Pick, and the original Pete's Pick for a reason. I use this product every single day. Takes the edge off, gives the smile to my face, makes me stress out less, relax more, and go with the flow just a little bit easier. It's Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. Made from the hemp plant, but they use science to remove the THC and leave the body beneficial CBD. Google CBD and the benefits of CBD if you're curious. I can tell you what it does for me personally. It's a stress reducer. It helps me sleep. It takes the tension away. As I already said, it makes me quicker to smile, quicker to laugh. It's just a go-to on set when I'm shooting Crashing. I call it my happy juice. I say, can someone please give me my happy juice? 
because that's what it is. It's, it's, it doesn't get you stoned. It doesn't get you high. You can focus. You can work on it. In fact, it helps me work. It has bain, uh, brain beneficial components, elements. Brain beneficial? Batman? You understand what I'm saying. And I want the best thing you can do if you want to know about CBD oil is to try it. So just go get the Everyday Advance. It's a little bit more expensive, but you can literally just take drops of it because it's potent. I like the mint chocolate flavor. Tastes like a thin mint. Makes you feel even better. I swear by it. They also have uh, these, I've been using them, hemp balms, B-A-L-M, like for sore muscles. I actually have a really sore shoulder right now. And as I'm doing this, I remember that I can put some Charlotte's Web on it. Makes it feel so, so, so much better. So get the oil for the inside, get the bomb for the outside. Go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code keep it crispy. People come up to me all the time and tell me that Charlotte's Web has made their live, uh, lives better. So give it a try, cwhemp.com slash weird. Or give it to somebody for the holidays and also show your support for this podcast. All right, guys, I hope you can watch Dirty Clean on Saturday on HBO. Check out Crashing on January 20th, Season 3, and hope to see you at Largo tonight if you can be there. Try Pete's Pick or get someone uh, one as a gift, Kachava, Meandies, Charlotte's Web. And in the meantime, enjoy Paula Poundstone. And get into it. Is this a threatening area for you? Is no, this not comfortable? Well, okay, where do you want me? Right here, sitting here. If you wouldn't mind, you can can't. honestly sit wherever you like. No, there's not. No, you can't. Um, I mean, you could, but it, I think the couch is going to be the most comfortable for you. Oh, God. I realized when I saw you that one time I was standing behind you at an air in an airport terminal. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I and bad. no, you sure didn't. But you, um, I noted that you, as an observationalist. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I noted I noted that you had I, I can't remember if it was United Do you have a favorite airline? No Are you cold? I'm always cold You're always cold? Do you I'm want that heat? Do you want this heater on? No I'm just going to go back to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> The couch is cold but the toilet seat <laughs> We don't have a heated couch. You really dropped in comfort level as soon as you came out to the workspace. It's like, ah, the show's over. Come on out of that house. This is a nice workspace. This is the back. You had a talk show. This is the backdrop from my talk show. I had a talk show. I had a talk show. Uh, That's what you took from that. Yeah, I didn't get the. I didn't get the. I didn't get the backdrop. I'm trying to give you a tour. Yeah, like, that's no, nice. No, tell me. Yeah. I, I didn't know you had a talk show. I, I did have about. a. Well, yeah. I mean, what, there was a talk show. Yeah, How I've long? had more than one show. No, I know uh, that. Yeah, yeah there's but the a, first there's one was a, a talk show on HBO right? with me. That, yeah, in my career, there's a rule. It seems <laughs> to be unwritten, but uh, it definitely uh, is in in force. Uh, which is that no show that I ever do can last more than a couple of days. Oh, that's written. I've seen it, that. Written. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently, Moses. <laughs> that was chiseled. Yeah, Moses brought it down, and uh, <laughs> it was it, yeah. the third tablet. Well, it, you know what they don't talk about in the Bible is he dropped the tablet, and uh, the first time. so the the bottom part 
which said Paul Poundstone shall not have a show longer than two days, <laughs> fell off. But how long was your first show? For, I hope this is my canceled talk show. It was only eighty episodes, so we're in eighty the, episodes. Yeah. No, Jesus, no. I mean, a couple of days. <laughs> no, your yeah. ABC show was a couple of days. It, no, so was the HBO show. Really, I'm a couple sorry. of days. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. I thought you yeah. had a nice little run there, or maybe no, I, I didn't. Hoped. We did. I think we did. Were you four, so funny? You're so I think we taped I'm sh- four I'm shows, maybe. And I remember it was Chris Albrecht. Uh-huh. And I remember that when we came out of the theater on the second night, I guess it was, he said, he looked at me and he said, I'd love it. Love it. And I went, that's it. It's done. Because he didn't. No, because, you know, in L.A. and a lot of people don't. This is like a language that you come L.A. has a language all of its own. Yeah. When I first came here, I was 23 when I came to Los Angeles. And uh, and honestly, I'm ashamed to say this now, but I, I think I really thought I had something. You Why know? not? Why I think you? I really thought that, if you, you know. If you wouldn't mind, I'm sure you've told it before, but you were in San Francisco. And I was in, uh, yeah, I was in San Robin Francisco. And Robin Williams told you. And, and Robin Williams kindly but, introduced me to his management. Right as that. did so Dana Carvey had the same management. Is that right? And they both put in a, a good word for Dana me, which was show. He's nice. lovely. Oh, did Isn't he? He, he is, yeah. We used to live together. He's great. He was so sweet. You know what I remember from his episode is he so didn't funny. want to stop. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Not in a bad way, in yeah. a comedian way. Yeah. He wanted yeah. to close strong. Oh, did he? Yeah. You ever been yeah. doing 45 oh, sure. yeah. an hour yeah. of stand-up exactly. and you're like, I'm not I, leaving until... <laughs> no, I, my show goes on for like two hours. Is I'm that probably, right? From about the first 15 minutes on, I'm looking for a way off. <laughs> and I'm trying to find that that's big closer. That's your next special, Paula Poundstone, trying to close. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you trying know, to get out of here. There's a thing, of course, in stand-up and in any show. You want to leave on a, and have the... Yeah, bi- sure. I mean, I've never bowed. I want to leave but, a you know, you, cocktail party with yeah, a big... <laughs> yeah, you want to have... Right, exactly. Yeah. You want to have the, like, and we want more, and that was so fair. Right? So there's, uh, you know, in the comic parlance, you know, it's your big closer. Yeah. Any joke that I have ever had, any piece of material that I have ever had that was, like, really strong for me, and so you say, you know what? I'm going to make that the closer. my closer. People are going to be begging for more. Anytime I have done that, that last piece it stops working. falls flat. Yep. I knew it. Yep. I cannot close with anything. And I used to always work with these other acts who'd have like do some sort of musical ending. Yeah. And so the very end, they you know throw the music up and that kind of yeah, gets they'd the have crowd their cue, going. Play the yeah. CD. Yeah. And then they go. Let me. T- they would say to the MC, "Let me tell you uh, what uh, what I'm going to do for my encore." Like. Yeah. Really? Like the Rolling Stones. Yeah. yeah. I just, uh, well, I mean, I guess the Rolling Stones can anticipate, For and sure. rightly so, but not getting a, an encore after all these right, years. They right. worked hard to get right. it. But, you know, a middle act. <laughs> a middle act in you Cincinnati. Know, in Ashby, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Guess what? Yeah. You didn't work hard enough. Wow. We both you know. picked Ohio. Yeah, I've been at it for two years. You know what's funny? And, uh, I, I got, <laughs> let me my tell encore. You, yeah, let this me tell you merch. what my encore is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just, I just taped less, uh, like a week ago, I taped a special. And I was noticed, so I was running a lot. And there were a couple bits, and I know you know this phenomenon. One of them was my closer. That as I got to the taping, me and my opener both noticed, like, something happened. It wasn't the words it wasn't the performance. Yeah. Like something shifted. I think it's just too much pressure. It could be you the know, pressure like, I, of I was closing. Telling, um, there's a, a book uh, called A Deadly Wandering that um, someone gave to me recently. And it's a, it's a true story. Uh, it's fabulously well-researched and just brilliantly told. Um, it is 
the story of, I believe I'm right about this. It's written by a New York Times writer who was, I think, covered the tech beat for New York Times. And um, I think I'm right that it was the first prosecution of like a, you know, vehicular manslaughter mm. um, for uh, texting while driving. Mm. If it wasn't the first in the country, then it was the first prosecution in, in Utah uh-huh. where, uh, where it happened. Wow. And this book is so it's, – it's about this thing that happened, but it's about so many things. It's, it's moving and interesting. I just loved it. So I, I bought, thought you were going to be like, I, it's about a lot of things, like moving and hitting people. Yeah, and no, it's texting. about like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but no, I bought 20 copies of it yeah. and uh, so that I could give it away. And I think what's going to happen is I'm going to say what I just said. To everybody who I want to read this book, and they're going to read a few pages and go, and boy, I don't know why she liked this book, well, right? So I think that's what happens to your ending piece, is that the pressure that gets put on it, it oh just, oh my you know, god, I just, didn't like, understand what you meant until yeah, this moment. It just, it just sort of deflates by I the understand. time you get, you, you start to use it. It's at the end, it's just too much pressure. Like each of your pieces are like little pets. Yeah. And that, you know, that last little, that last one, it's well, just you, too much. So what do you do? You just close on whatever you end up well, doing? I'll, you know how they always say to you when you're doing your uh, show, like some tech guy will go, can you tell me like what your uh-huh. last, what your last, yeah. they were telling me which hand were you going to be holding the mic? And I said, wow, I'll just, I mean, I'm not, I'm never rude, but I'll just be like, that is the last thing I'm thinking about. Yeah. Can you show us which way you'll be looking when you do the dumb oh guy voice? Gosh. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm sorry. They'll no. Say, they'll say, "Can you tell us what your last, what your last yeah. line is going to be, so that they can know yeah. when dun, to dun, dun, right?" Dun, and dun, so my, dun, my answer is, uh, "It's been nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Good night." Yeah, 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 because yeah. if I do anything other than that, you don't want to gild the lily. It is. It's just death. It's just yeah. a. It's just a. So you fast... close with something different. Like you mix it up. No. I sort of bomb and then I slowly edge my way off stage and that say thank you. Good night. You know what? You I, close I actually with the same can't, thing? I can't make a big closer uh, be, for a couple of reasons. One is what I just described. But the other thing is um, I have a problem with directions that is so intense. People telling you what to do? No, not that kind of directions. Left, oh, right, east, west. Which way oh, did you come? Spatial intelligence. I can't remember how I got onto stage. So I often have to, you know, the crowd, like, thank you, good night, thank you so much, what a wonderful crowd. And people begin to applaud, and I look over this way, and I look over that way. I have no idea. They think it's an encore. Uh, And I have to (laughs) lean forward to someone in the front row and go, do you remember which way I came on? Is this a real thing? Yeah. Yeah. And they'll, because what's happened in the past is, um, that is amazing. I walked the wrong way. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes you just cross over yeah, behind the curtain and you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but other times there is no exit from where I've crossed to. And I literally just have to stand there until everyone leaves the theater. I was doing a television show happen? years and years ago. I forget what network it was. It was something about voting. It was something to you know gin up people's enthusiasm for for voting many, many, many years ago. This was. I had to have been about, you know, I don't know, 24, 25. Mm. And... Um, so they had this big set sort of with kind of Parthenon-y things like columns and stuff. Yes. Big fancy set. And I was on a very tight time frame. I had to leave there and go to the airport to go to New York to do another show. And uh, 
And so we had done the, you know, practice walking on, practice walking off thing and everything. Okay, great. Good to go. And then I, it's a television show. So they're taping, there's a live audience, but they're taping for television. And uh, I did, I walked some way that isn't the way. And now I am trapped between fake columns and I just have to stay there, watch the time tick away. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a big, bad problem with the. Right, and what right if you left. do a club? I'm assuming you've done the punchline about. I don't do clubs anymore, mercifully. Or a theater that, or, yeah. or, that you've done many times. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Can't remember, cannot remember. But it you, doesn't happen. I mean, yes, there are some places where it's very clear. Uh, but that's ra- that's rare. Yeah. I mean, I'm really recently. It seems to be getting worse, and it could be aging. Although I don't, I think it's stress. But you've always been aging. like a very a present performer. I wonder if it's is that how your brain works? You're right on the edge of the knife. Like by the time you get out to the stage, you're not right. thinking, not, "How did I get here?" You're precisely, like, and you're it there. doesn't occur to me to leave breadcrumbs. Like I don't think, like, "Oh my gosh, I did it again." Right? Why don't I? Um, yeah, and then the other thing is, I can't. I I can't. I can't see. So, the, like, literally, you have bad vision. <laughs> well, my night vision's not very good anymore. <laughs> but they'll literally be like, like over here, over here, oh waving. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't see you. Is that a newer oh, wait, thing? Wait, my phone's is... ringing. Hold on. Oh, please. I think you're supposed to turn this off when Ooh, you take stuff. Old school stuff. ring. But I Peggy? Don't... Yeah, I get to. It's a flip phone. Oh, it's Della from Perry Mason's office. Should Hold we... on. Are we going to get it? Um, no. <laughs> you know, it's my manager. She. She wants to know you're here. Hi, I'm um, taping. All right, thanks. Bye. You know, um, <laughs> best manager in the entire world. Is that I mean, right? Oh, my God. Really, really, really good. And doesn't have a clue what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I love teasing she, my manager. She has no idea when I'm doing what. No, I have a very – the people who work for me mostly come from the island of Misfit Toys – I have a travel agent who's never been Such out of the nice house, and a uh, and a publicist who's shy, <laughs> and an agent who doesn't like to talk on the phone. Oh so it's been an uphill slog. Can I get that agent? My, yeah. I feel so bad. I never want to call anybody back. I don't like talking on the phone. Is that true? What do you, you know, do? You text have that bit about texting and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Texting is stupid. I understand that. Yeah, it Especially really is. You and don't me. let that baby. Text. Uh, don't let the baby near screens. Do you know that? Do you know about that? Yeah, until she's like, I've heard six or zero ever. Why? <laughs> why? No, but why? Well, when, when it causes brain damage, at what age would you like to put your child at risk for that? It causes brain damage. Yes. You mean on undeveloped brains or all brains? Um, I don't think it's good for any brain, but in the undeveloped brain, right? In the de- Are you not undeveloped TV on the in developing this? brain. Not, it, TV is not good, but yeah. interactive screens are worse. We, we, we use them differently. First of all, we hold them right up to our face. Of course. Um, and, and that uh, blue light is not. Have you read Four Arguments for the Elimination of Television? It's one of my favorite books. No, but I'll bet you like it. It's from the 70s, and oh, it's amazing because wow. a lot of the stuff hasn't changed. Yeah. And you're realizing that the relationship, as it seems like you're getting to, that we have with screens, even at the beginning of screens, People were like, I think we're fucking ourselves here. Like, we're well, really, and in some don't. cases they were always right. Yeah, but the damage of television is nothing to Compared the to damage interactive of, screen. Yes, because and the other thing is because they because people because greed is stronger and more manipulative than it was in the innocent age of the beginning. You mean of they're television. just trying to get a buck out of you? 
from yeah, with the apps I mean, the, the companies told us that they were educational. They're yeah. not. They you know never what it were. reminds me of? It reminds me, you know, we all got wise to the idea that they put sugar in food to make it addictive or MSG in food to make it addictive. Yeah. And we're all sort of waking up because of documentaries and whatever it might be. And we're like, hey, McDonald's was the first one. It's like, you lied to us. You yeah. put sugar on the French fries and you're an asshole. But what we're now figuring out is that almost anybody that's after your money like apps or whatever it is. Oh, uses addiction. It's trying to make you addicted oh, in a yeah, different yeah, way. Absolutely. Like I was looking at my phone earlier and I was like, Pete, I'm going through, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm low. I'm just like running on fumes a little bit. Uh-huh. And I notice that when I'm low, I look at my phone more because I'm chasing that dopamine rush. Oh, yeah, Someone probably, sending yeah. me some message yeah. on Facebook or Instagram <laughs> or something that's just like, and you know what? People listening to this podcast do this and it means a lot. It's usually nice. That's why I look at the Instagram messages. Sure, yeah. But you're chasing that little oomph and then oh, it's no gone. Question. It's disposable yeah. Yeah. and it's gone. Yeah, and, no question. And to your point about texting, it, it's it's now I'm talking about texting with people I don't even know. Yeah. Like I, I had a joke where I was like, Twitter is sending texts to people you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> and in some ways that's more satisfying than to people that you do know. At least it's um, honest. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's like... I, I like to buy toys for toys for tots at Christmas time. Yeah. And part of the joy of it for me. Toys for toys for tots. I go like way, I go all out. But part of the joy it's of so it sweet. for me, well, it's it's more about me than no, it's really got a selfish element. But, you have, yes. but part of the joy of it is that I can have the fantasy that I gave this toy to someone and they enjoyed it the way I wanted them to. Whereas when you buy stuff for somebody that you know or your own kid, yeah. you, what you see oftentimes is their dissatisfaction. Yeah. It wasn't what they want. Or they don't like it the way that you liked so, it. That's so funny. I think about this sometimes. I wonder if I'll implant this in your brain. Let's say you have 100,000 Twitter followers. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying as a made-up number. We have 100,000 Twitter followers. Yeah. So we like to think I tweet my... Twitter is sending texts to people you don't know. Right. And then it gets, uh, you think 100,000 people see it. But if you or I played to a theater, a huge amphitheater of 100,000 people, and saw all the people taking dumps, all the people <laughs> looking at it at a red light, all the people that are like glossing. But you ever look at someone looking at their phone? You know, I, 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 you know, people say, well, there's so many Russian bots and, uh, (laughs) and I'm, I'm grateful for those Russian bots because to me, they, yeah, they increase my, my Twitter, you know, when you work a theater, they want to know how many Twitter followers do you have? I'm like, well, you know, there's uh, Vlad, Vlad, Vlad and Vlad and they love me. You know, you were mentioning (laughs) McDonald's earlier making their food. You know, using things to make Sugar, the food addictive. And, yeah, and yeah, I mean, McDonald's is the lowest of the low in terms of marketing. For but sure. what I noticed recently is they don't even advertise anything about the food anymore. What the, is it? Well, there's an ad recently that I saw that just talks about how... Um, Community? Em, no, employers uh, like the skills that McDonald's workers learned. are taught. Interesting. And I'm like, well, that's great. I, I don't know what that tells me as the, right. did you want me to get a burger? Right. Um, they don't even mention it. They don't even right. bring it up. They just say employers love. And then there's another commercial, that's, a McDonald's that's, that commercial. That be true of anything. Uh, yeah. The, the skills you learn at Staples are valuable. Well, say, absolutely. Hello, but, eye but, contact. Right. But they're not encouraging you to, they've, they realize now that the food is so bad. There's no point. People know what it is. They like it or they don't like it. And there's no point bringing You're it up. Absolutely right. But there's another ad. It's one of my favorite ads on television right now, which is this guy. I go, walks into a McDonald's and he has an envelope in his hand. Do you know the one? No. His name is Sebastian. And Sebastian goes into the McDonald's. Uh, he walks into the back and he says to who turns out to be his employer, David. He says, David. And David looks at the envelope and he goes, that's it? 
And Sebastian goes, yeah. David takes the envelope, and then he calls out to all the other employees. Everybody, all the employees at the McDonald's, gather around David and Sebastian. Am I in David moved right now. <laughs> David's now going to read this letter. Now, if I'm a customer, and I'm just... I, I noticed yeah. that the, the drive-up lane is too busy, so I'm just going to go inside and uh, get a shake. <laughs> and, and, and now I, I get there, and there's a guy at the register, and now he turns and he walks back, right? <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, there's no one at the registers. There's no one at the counter. <laughs> Everybody's in the back yes. while David reads Sebastian's letter. Yes. And apparently it was a letter. I mean, I've had jobs before. <laughs> And I, I and and I like mail. <laughs> and you know what? I like mail. I never, I have never abandoned your brought post. my letter yes. to my workplace yes. and asked my employer to read it for me. Right. But the employer reads it aloud. Turns out, I think it's that Sebastian got in college. I believe that's, that's what, what I it was is. hoping. But for, apparently, for Sebastian, Sebastian can't read. So <laughs> I always say, like, what is it? What are they going to do when he starts college? You know, every time he has an assignment, he's going to have to. And David's going to go. All right, everybody, gather around again. Okay, I have to read everybody. Ulysses yeah, to you he's guys like, now. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like Sebastian. You get a tutor for heaven's sake. Okay, it was the worst of times. Oh, no, it's the other way. It's the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, to your but they point, don't mention food. They don't say anything. even once. It's like their new customer. Customer acquisition cost, a term I learned from Shark Tank, is... Customer acquisition cost? It's a thing that they talk about in business. They say, like, how much does it cost you to get a new customer? Now, did you learn that watching Shark Tank or being on Shark Tank? Watching Shark Tank. Uh, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I... You know, you want to talk. I bet you'd be interesting to talk about this. But it's so interesting how they talk about business so frankly on that show. Oh, I've never watched. That. You don't have to. Yeah. But they explain business. That's yeah. the point of it. Yeah. So someone will come in and will be like, I want to sell Paula Poundstone mittens, right? These uh -huh. are the mittens that you're wearing. And they're the Paula Poundstone mittens. And they'll just frankly be like, what does it cost to make? Uh, seven cents. And they'll just be like, well, we can get that down to four if we go overseas. And they're like, I'm totally open to going overseas. And then they're like, and how much do you charge for them? And they're like, seventy nine ninety five. And we're all watching at home. We're the motherfucking sheep idiots right, yeah. that are going, going like, I'm going to buy those. Yeah. Look like, at those clothes. I want those mittens. At no point yeah. do you go the markup. Is seventy eight dollars? <laughs> Will you be using child labor? Yeah, we're and gonna use child labor. That's okay. what I mean when yeah, they're like overseas. You know. oh, yeah. Are you willing to go to like a, a country that doesn't have the same work laws? And they're like, if, if it means a deal with you, Mister <laughs> Wonderful, it's like so. Like we're I'm at home and I'm like, they're telling us what they're doing, and I understand that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how to, what to say in the benefit of business or uh, in praise of business. No, there's watching. not a lot you can say in praise of business. But that's what I mean. Is you really get a sense? You talk about L.A. having its own language and and screens. It kind of ties back to everything we're saying. McDonald's. Yeah. It's like we just want you to buy more burgers, so we're going to make it chemically addictive. And then apps. I, I keep my phone in. Uh, you have a flip phone. I keep my phone in black and white. And I actually find that that makes a really big difference. That the colors and I'm using this word deliberately, are kind of pornographic. Like what your brain is doing with those reds and those blues and those flashing Your brain yellows. is having sex with those colors? Yes, it's deep really? dipping them. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> really hard. I wonder if I actually see colors then. Because my, you know brain, I mean? it's my just... brain doesn't seem to be having sex ever. <laughs> it's not just color. It's color with light behind it, uh -huh. shining directly into your retina, into your brain. And, and it's oh. giving you an experience 
that obviously, this is not a new idea, that humanity hasn't had until pretty recently in our history, yeah. very recently. Yeah. And well, you- they don't care about you. This is something that we talk about all the time. They're, you're giving your money to people that don't care about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just trying to make you want something. Music is guilty of this. Can we make it catchier? Can we put it into a program that will make it hook in your brain that makes you listen oh, to it Oh, do they again? do that? Of with course. music? I'm, that's, really? what, that's what producers are about. Because I've had Some. Billy Don't Be a Hero stuck in my head. <laughs> I've had the Chili's like Baby Back Ribs songs. <laughs> 40 years. <laughs> if they could find a way to get make money off of that. Yeah. Do you have the rights to that song looping in your brain right now? I think you no, owe people the, money. I don't, I don't have the rights to it, but I do. It does. <laughs> uh, it's well, it's also a Vietnam protest song, and I feel good about that. <laughs> it still applies. Don't be it a still fool works. with your life. So you didn't, uh, with your kids, no screens until when? Never? No. With my kids, I made a terrible mistake. I didn't know. And, and so now I am Bartholomew and the Ublick. <laughs> Uh, no, I put my son in front of a computer when he was three years old because I was told they were educational, and by golly, I was going to help the little fella out. Oh wow! And I became an electronics addict, and it's a ugly, is he ugly really? path. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Does he acknowledge uh, it means, himself as an um, electronics yeah. addict? Yeah, really. It means that uh, he. It means like uh, like drugs or alcohol, lie, cheat, steal, con. I don't know about now, but as he was growing up, anything to, to get, get in to front a, of a screen to get to a screen device. to do what yes. with the screen. Uh, uh, I know this number, is his business. Any but, number of things, yeah. but gaming was big. Gaming, really? gaming was big, but all, all sorts of things. He literally couldn't sit in the front seat of my car because he couldn't keep his hands off the GPS. Really? Yeah. He just yeah. had to be booping. It and kept making them. me drive the wrong place. Of course. I start going one place, and the next thing I know, I'm like, well, I follow the GPS. Yeah. He just kept touching it. He wanted to beep and beep. We were driving one time, he and I, in. we were in, and he, you know, I used to make him sit in the back seat because of that problem. So he's in the back seat. But uh, we're driving in, uh, was it, either, maybe Idaho, maybe it was. Maybe it was Idaho somewhere. And um, there's only one highway where we were. Um, it wasn't like a lot of choices or not even a lot of intersecting roads. Um, but so we're on this one highway and the GPS just started getting wacky. And so the arrow would go in the middle of nothing on the screen, like sure. just sort of a off white color on yeah. the screen and just spin around. Yeah. I mean, I, I had no it, – it didn't confuse me because I was like, well, I think – I just keep going on this same road right. for a very right. long way. Right. But remain. it was the funniest thing to see. It was like it was a, our GPS arrow all of a sudden had the same problem that I have. Panic? Yeah, just like no sense of direction. Just was it here? Was it there? Yeah, Which that's way did you we after start? After a show, is an yeah. off-white color with an arrow spinning. Exactly. That, is, that is how problem. you feel. And then I get like I. I hope I wasn't terribly rude to my manager, but I was so frustrated getting here because um, when I, before I left. Uh, to get here, I, I decided it might be wise to um, check out the, how long the computer said it would take to get here. I allowed an hour, thinking that's fine. Mm. And then the, I check it on the computer. It's like, uh, oh, an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, wow. And then I get in the car, and it changes even more. It's like, now it's two hours. Now wow. it's I'm getting here next week sometime. Yeah, now, you're not you know, even here right I'll now. I'll be home for Christmas. <laughs> um, so at some point in my frustration, I called my manager, and she and she uses Waze, I think, or something. She yeah. says, and she's always like, oh, and the thing is, shortcuts don't work. <laughs> you know, shortcuts do not work. By the time you figure out the 
stupid shortcut, right? That, you, you're you speaking would, right to me. I you don't would have been shortcuts. better off just saying, but she believes that they do work. So she's like, well, I can have, you know, I can call them and they know, I, they, can, they know where they are better. Well, they overshot you by an hour. They said 630. You because my, my GPS was saying 630, which was part of my panic. Your son was back resetting yeah, the was, clock. Yeah, the spirit of my son was, <laughs> had infested my... What uh, did he do to get off of it? Um, I don't, you know, I had him in program after program where he, where he, li- no, not specifically for that. There are now, there weren't then he, he's 20 now. Um, but there weren't uh, uh, then people didn't even acknowledge it was a problem. Whereas now, now we knew, you know, now I mean, when knew. I first went to try to get him help, um, the, I, I, li- I literally Googled electronics addiction and the only thing I could find was an online support group, which still kind of makes me laugh. It was a webinar. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> honestly. But now there are organizations that are trying to combat this Well, problem. the new iPhone update has what I've been using. I use a thing called Moment, I think it's called. It doesn't matter. It tracks your phone, and I get little updates. What do you mean? Does it tell you how much time you've yeah, used on it? it okay, but doesn't the fact that you're requiring your phone to do that tell you... That there's a problem. I suppose, but you know, you also have to eat food, and some people benefit from someone being like portion control. You know what I mean? It's just like portion I guess, control. Yes, I don't phone. know. I, I, I'll tell you. I, I like. I need I to am, use a phone. I am leery of looking to Apple for help with my penchant uh, for but it's just, overuse it's just of electronics. It, it, <laughs> They're just, you know. <laughs> It's like... It's a warning on a cigarette pack. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the warning of the cigarette pack that the government had to insist on. Right. That's But true. if the cigarette companies come and say, you know, hey, we have... Now we have all these quit smoking products. I'm just like, you know what? And the horse you rode in on, no. <laughs> no. You don't get to do that. You don't get yeah. to create the problem and then pretend that you're the voice solving the problem. Right. In fact, there's a group called Common Sense Media that I always forget the guy's name. What's the name of the Microsoft guy? Steve Jobs. St- uh, yeah, Steve Jobs. No, that's Apple. No, it's, uh, Bill Gates. B- yeah, Bill Gates um, is on the board of this organization called Common Sense Media. And it just makes me suspect of any information they put out. Um, I understand. Although I have to say, the the last like newsmaking information they put out was, was kind of staggering. About how many hours people, people the kids specifically, were on um, d- devices. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just – there was an article recently in the New York Times where um, it unv- – I, I already knew this. But basically it was an article about how the people who make those things don't let their kids use them. That's well, all Steve the information you need to, to know. I wonder if that he, was the Steve – I quote that all the time. Is There was an interview with Steve Jobs about the iPad. They said, what do your kids think about the iPad? And he said, we don't let them use the iPad. Yeah. But that's because these people have a deep understanding of the psychological bond that you're making. Of course, because yeah. they did it on purpose. And, and, that's what, that's and the so sugar and the food. That's where, yeah, we're saying uh, On the other hand, didn't one of either – who's the ice cream people? The two ben names? Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Didn't one of either Ben or Jerry have a heart attack? I'm sure. I mean, maybe. I look to you. For this kind of information. <laughs> you count on me. Yeah. And here I am letting you down. Yeah. I you know, we could Google it, but I don't just... Google stuff. I peat stuff. <laughs> it's very unreliable. Yeah. Never yeah. hit I'm feeling lucky. Yeah. Never. What is I'm feeling lucky? What does that mean? On well, they, took, they got rid of it, but it used to be it if I typed in Paula Poundstone and hit I'm feeling lucky, it would take me to the number one hit. It would take me to your website. Oh. So it would skip a step. 
Uh, so if you type in Sears and Jimmy, I looked at that words on there all those nev- years. That's never your self esteem. Knew problems. what it meant. You never, never. felt lucky. <laughs> I I see the phrase, but I didn't know how they meant it. I yeah. thought it meant was Dirty Harry going to shoot me? Yeah. Oh no, yeah, was it five shots or six? Is what they meant? Yeah. No, I I never had any idea. I did that with lots of things where it's been there for years and I never paid any attention to it. And then people go, "Well, you yeah. don't need to." That's one of my favorite lines in Death of a Salesman is uh, Willie oh, Roman. I, I don't remember the lines from Death of a Salesman. Would you like? I can do it from the beginning. Can you? Um, were you just, in it like in no, college or something? No, no. Were I, you in performances when you were a kid? No, you know, I actually still kind of quietly resent that I never got in the plays that I tried to get in when, in high school. But you did try. But I only tried once. See, that's oh, you see, just caught so me in the, the Holmes one, conundrum. Yeah, so Maybe you had I the tried one, two, two or three times. No, you've said two or three times. Which ones did you try for? Uh, I remember, what, what is Officer Krupke in? West Side Story. Okay, so I auditioned for West Side Story. Uh-huh. And the ego of the performer, I was like, I want to be the fucking lead. I'm a star. Naturally, like, yeah. I believed in Certainly. My, I wanted to yeah, steal the show. That's confidence. That's And great. then I... That's pluck. This was when I didn't audition. And I said to the director, who I was sure didn't like me, still sure that I don't think he liked me. Because, you know, it was a fucking soft ham and a showboat and always cracking jokes, just being a real ass. And I said to him, I was like, yeah, I didn't audition because I, I didn't think you liked me or something. And he was like, oh, no, you would have made a great Officer Krupke. And I saw the play. Officer Krupke, Krupke is barely in the fucking thing, and he's the heel. And I was like, you can keep your Krupke and the horse you <laughs> rode in on. Like, I don't want your fucking Krupke, pal. <laughs> and as I, even as I like kind of climbed into show business, I still had that Krupke chip on my shoulder. Wow. You think I'm so a Krupke. Just, yeah, so just never wanting to be like a... What is that? What is that role called? The person who, you, 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 not the bad guy, but the, yeah. is the protagonist? Is that he's the word? He's the fall guy. Or yeah, he, he just never, sucks. Yeah. Uh, wow. All the kids huh. make fun of him. Yeah. I think he just meant you're fat. I really think that's what he meant. It would have been. You, did you have a weight problem as a kid? Because well, you're rail now. What, what's a year so sweet? I was I was about this, like just a soft boy. But if you're the fattest kid in your class, you're the fat kid. If you were the fattest kid <laughs> in your class, then you were at. Uh, uh, well, it was a weight loss school. Did you go to? Yeah, I was going to say, did you go to Jenny Craig High? Would you go to? Jenny was uh, the yeah. dean, and you went to, and you were in the anorexia program in the afternoon. <laughs> I minored. I, I assume. I minored. Yeah. Yeah, you minored <laughs> eating disorder. Yeah, good for you. That's great. You've really done I'll well guess, for yourself. Yes, and an eating disorder joke, even though it's it's questionable. <laughs> we both well, don't. Well, you know, uh, you know, it's it's. I, you know, I, I enjoy mental health jokes. I always have. <laughs> no, you know, actually, in my act, I talk about the fact that I have um, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. OCD. Yeah. And how I does mean, that manifest? Honestly, sometimes, if you didn't have a sense of humor about it. Tell me everything. Um, is it well, su- everyone has it, first of all. Yeah. Everyone has OCD. OCD. It's only diagnosed based on the degree to which it interrupts your life. That's very interesting. It's like anxiety, I suppose, in that way. Yeah, I suppose. It's and there the are going to be times curve. where is it it's debilitating. Yeah. Right, exactly. I thought OCD, though, had to have, often would have, at the diagnosed level, have like a magical quality. Like if I don't touch this, my family will die. The thing about OCD is, is it manifests itself differently in different people. I see. So we don't all – people tend, I think, to think of it as like the Howie Mandel hand-washing Jones. And mercifully, I do not have that symptom, which must be so difficult to live with and deal with. I think he's faking it. Um, well, I'm uh, just kidding. I, you know, I shook his hand, but then I gave him a moist towelette. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I used moist towelette. Don't tell. <laughs> don't tell. Don't tell. It had a, yeah, it was torn. And he ran it across um, his head. Uh, 
No, I actually, when I the last time I saw him, I totally forgot that he had that, and I reached out to shake his hand. And he looked at me like I was the biggest jerk of the world. That's funny, um, and I may be. Uh, well, I, tell I, me about how does your all right? So anyway, well, for me, well, I, here's one of the things. Some people have the thing that you were talking about, like my Lena family Dunham will die if yeah. I don't if I touch this I or if I don't touch this. It's right. interesting you said because somebody just the other night talked to me after a show about their daughter having OCD and the my whole family will die thing was part yeah. of the phrase that the lady used. So yeah, I got to kiss the sandwich or yeah. My so apparently it's not uncommon at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, which is part of the reason why people don't realize they have it is every it's so eclectic. And the right. manifestation, That's and just so damn weird that unless you were a person who can't stop talking like me, you wouldn't share it. Probably. But I'm I'm compulsive. I, I, you're abs- I just want to join in your hot tub of agreement and you say know, like I'm definitely is, compulsive. You know, you talk to anybody for a few more than a You'll few minutes, out. and it turns out they're mad as a hatter. Right. No, I completely you know, uh, agree. Trump, although and he has many other can you agree symptoms. completely? Can you agree that now I'm almost forty? I've been doing stand up for almost twenty years. And now I look back on the kooky characters I knew. Now they all have diagnoses. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe they yeah. didn't go to a doctor, but you're like, we thought old weird Eddie was just weird. Like that clearly was Asperger's or this guy had oh, OCD yeah, right. or this yeah, guy yeah, 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 had yeah. rage issues. Or we just thought they were – or the, how many of them were alcoholics or whatever. When you look back – at all the people that you've worked with. I'm not, this is not that type of podcast. You, you mean the people that I work with, like other comics? Other comics, yeah. We thought we were oh. just kooky. Oh. And now I'm like, I think a lot of us have. Oh, no doubt. But I think problems. you're going to find that in any. Firefighters? In any walk yeah, of life. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. But there's something about the control of stand up. Like one of the ways that I'm compulsive, and Valerie, my sweet wife, doesn't have this problem, is that when we go to New York, I'll want, if I find a restaurant that is perfect, I'll want to go there all the time. And this isn't that weird, but it's, it's not exactly exciting either. And I realize that stand-up is sort of like that for me in that I actually talk about it on stage sometimes. I'm like, it's control. I, I speak, you listen. It, it, it's very manageable for me. Uh-huh. Some people get anxious, but I'm like, no, this is very comfortable. I'm amplified. You laugh, you clap, you cheer, or you can boo or whatever it is. But there is a f- – yes, usually that's what happens, usually. But when you're starting out, oftentimes the audience doesn't know that dynamic yet. And they, in some towns, they still don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what people fear. Yeah, you're people, right. You know, people fear that they're going to say stuff and but I would, isn't going to do I, I watched job. your stand-up special, and I, this, I I wanted to give you this compliment. So I was probably – you started the year I was born. So I was probably <laughs> – you've been doing it 38 years. Yeah, uh, 39. 39, year, excuse yeah. me. I yep, forgot my own age. <laughs> Not yeah, only yeah, did I forget how long you've been You're getting there. up there. I know. I'm going to die today. <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> watching you do stand-up um, on probably Comedy Central or something, and I had that thing that – uh, people have now for like improv and stuff where I was watching you do crowd work and I, just, I, I cannot get over that people use that phrase. What crowd, crowd work? work. Well, that's, like our, it's that's, a, that's what we do. You do crowd I just, work. I just, I just, I'm not familiar with crowd work. What but, do you okay. mean? You're working the crowd. I guess. <laughs> it's just a conversation. Yeah, but it goes back to vaudeville. You do crowd work. I, is you do the they, act or you do the, crowd work. Is that what they called it in vaudeville? I, I bet don't you know. they didn't. I'll pete it. I'll bet you they didn't. I, 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 no, it's a conversation for heaven's sakes. That's very so sweet have, of you. when you're out in town and you talk, you know, if you're just out of your house or something or somebody stops Am I by, under lights and holding you, a microphone? You, you I'm going to jump to the I'm end of this. I'm doing my crowd work now. <laughs> Am I on stage? No, it was but it's not, A, it's not work, and B, it's not. If, 
If yeah. only one of you is on stage, it's crowd work. Is it? Okay. <laughs> if they're in a crowd, it's crowd work. Have you ever worked a really small audience? Oh, yeah. I've done crowd work to the one person that was in the audience. Right, exactly. When I, when I, <laughs> when I was in San Francisco and I would do open mic nights, you know, particularly there was a little teeny place. When it was packed and only seated 50 people, Yeah, but it was called the Holy City Zoo. Yes. And uh, it, was, it was very well known uh, for, for a long time. I don't think it's there anymore. But, but anyways, um, <laughs> they, they would the open mic night there was very, very popular. And at some point in the evening, there'd be a, you know, it'd be, it would be 60 people, maybe 75 people in <laughs> yeah. the 50-seat uh, yeah. uh, club. Um, but as the night dwindled down and, and the more the, – the, the comics that, they, that the club liked better uh, went on in prime time. And yeah. then the ones that have recently shown up in town or recently started doing open mic nights or they just plain didn't like – would be the the at the end of the of the, the, the schedule. So uh, you know, so there I was, uh, you know, night after night working at the end. working three or four people, doing my crowd work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With three or four people, just yield, Paul. You can change. I believe you. Yeah, I believe that you can change and, yeah. and make peace with the term crowd work. No, I don't like. You're I don't so like the good term. Cra- I don't. Oh, it's you a also interrupted term. the compliment. What did I? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, if I was your therapist, I'd say, yeah. I'd, I find it significant. That would you, you say that me. if you were my therapist? Yes. And then would you push over the box of Kleenex <laughs> the way they do? I hate that. There would be like a box of Kleenex, and they and if you look like you might cry or something, they sort of nudge it towards That's you amazing. with like kind of a moony look on their face. Who does your uh, therapy, Bravo? It's been a long time <laughs> since I've... Although, you know, I said, my manager said something to me the other day. We, we were trying to schedule something. And I said, well, I can't because I have a, I, I have a 9.30 uh, 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 on, on Tuesday morning. And she goes, uh, okay, I'm going to guess that's therapy. Hilarious. Yeah. And I, I was so, I was like, what? And, and she, she said later, she goes, no, I meant it as a compliment. I go, I go boy. Do you have a hang up about therapy? I, I, you know, I think I was in therapy for so long. Um, and not really because it was helpful, by the way, but just because once I started going, yeah, not going seemed disruptive to me. That's hilarious. Um, and so I just kept going. In it a compulsive never, way, maybe? It never occurred to me to the, think of it as a consumer and yeah. to think to myself, well, do I feel better as a result of doing this? Is this helpful to me? Am I moving forward in any way? I don't know that I particularly cared to one way or the other because I loved drama back then. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just sort of more, like, right? you know, oh, you liked you when you were in your twenties, thirties, or I wish I could say it stopped there. I would say, well, what, thir- give me 30s, an example. So thirties, yeah. you would stoke the fires of conflict. I, I did. I think. Tell I me did. what comes to mind when you say that. Oh, I don't know. I was just highly dramatic. You know, I just everything was, uh, and I don't know. It's, part of me thinks that it was it was biochemical. Looking back, like I just got to an age where things sort of settled down some. I don't know that I can feel that I get any credit for sort of working past it <laughs> or for maturing or for making a different choice. I don't know that that's what happened so much as I think either. It wore off. Yeah. It's, the, it's just, the, eventually, the synapses burned out. Yeah, eventually it just sort of started. So, uh, what was the thinking, though? Any attention is good attention? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think I really did just... Did you want people like, fighting over you? Was it um, like, no? I wanted was it people, I wanted people to care. Yeah, you know, I wanted and people to be to heard. Care. And if they didn't seem to care, 
uh, then I had, you know, I would sort of, You'd make I, would, I would wave my drama in front of them, hoping to snag them somehow. And I'm just, I'm not like that a- a- anymore to the best of my knowledge. Or, or if I am, I'm so goddamn good at it that yeah. even I don't notice. Well, you're a I maybe have just polished it after Was all Was that years. the same sort of, I don't want to say compulsion, but impulse that got you into stand-up, you think, being listened to and controlling? Well, no. I think I like the sound of, of laughter, and I think I enjoy thinking up things that I think are funny and, and saying them. Right. Um, and that was in any place, uh, wherever Did, I went. Do you still get it when you do stand-up now? Get what? The feeling. Oh, yeah. It's the best feeling. Oh, it is the best feeling. I mean, I have arguably gone on stage in every form of uh, depressed crisis – uh, not feeling good, yeah. miserable, and yeah. every single time, without exception, yeah, I came off and I felt great. It is a it's a wonderful job. It has to do with being with other people. I I think that there I are agree. other things that could give one that that feeling as well. It sure. happens to be this thing that I've done. The other day I was, uh, I have a podcast. It's called Nobody Listens to please, Paula no, Poundstone. Please don't plug it. And, uh, oh, please don't sorry. Plug it. It's, <laughs> it's, I'm getting, what is oh, it called? I got so scared right I then. So I'm like, joking. oh my God, he's not going to heat his toilet seat for me anymore. Oh my God, it's plugged in for Pete you right now. Pete has a heated toilet seat. It was, it. It's on Amazon. It was such a great experience. You but didn't not, know you wanted it. I didn't know I wanted it. I And I didn't really know what it was right away. First, I I felt fear. I yeah, thought, well, who Fear. Who Did sat here for it? this yeah, long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, John Favreau yeah, was no, there. it was real. It really was. Uh, I don't know why John Favreau, but it was him. <laughs> was it? <laughs> um, all right. So I, 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 Adam and I, my partner on nobody listens to Paula Poundstone and uh, my podcast that I'm not plugging here, uh, um, which is uh, available on iTunes uh, and Spotify everywhere you get, yeah. everywhere you get podcasts. Um, do a Blue Apron ad, please. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't do Blue Apron. We do um, home. Home. Fresh, fresh home. home. Fresh home. direct? Eat no. food fresh. Eat the fresh food that we Eat. packed in all this ice. <laughs> Eat fresh food. I, I, you know what? I, We're I, living I, in Blade I Runner. had it one time. It was good. Um, but anyways, uh, so Adam and I, my partner on that show, yeah. um, one day we were, I don't, we were fooling around over something and we joined in song together in, in you know, uh, harmony in song. Just a few lines. Yeah. So we're kidding about something. And that felt so good. Agreement. And com- no, singing. Collaboration. Singing oh, just together. Singing. Just yeah, singing together. I suspect that there are, you know, there are things for some evolutionary reason, and I don't know possibly what would make um, music and singing together, but I'll bet you that works that Communal way. Communal things. Yeah. Now goes to you know, a see, if you had done Officer Krupke, and you are made for that role, if you had done Officer Krupke... That is so <laughs> funny. That you would have so been, funny. In, you know, in the. In, you would have been so involved funny. in songs. You would have been in the chorus because they, <laughs> because they always funnel the the, yes. the smaller roles back. You're a towns per yeah, right. Yeah, Next yeah. thing, my daughter Tosha was in a children's theater thing. My daughter Tosha is one of the funniest people in the entire world. Um, that hasn't been when my she was little. It wasn't always deliberate, <laughs> uh, but now she she really does have a great sense of really? humor. She's very very funny. Uh-huh. But anyways, when, uh, is she, it like yours? Uh, Did she learn any of the? Uh, no, I I have to give it all to her, to to her. Tosha is her own person 
in uh none of the you know, none of the i mean like i'm talking to you and i want to kind of talk like you you know what i mean like you have a nice oh no i don't think any of them voice. sound like me in any in any way thank you yeah. I, I don't think any of them sound like me in any way but when toja was in when she was little she was in um she was in a couple different children's productions and one of them like a, you know it wasn't a school program it was like another program but you get the idea it was, yeah, you sure. know kids on stage or whatever yeah. it was and um uh, and there are kids that have been in that program for years and they sort of work their way up in the way that you were unwilling to do uh, within your With school Krupke. productions. I ain't no so, Krupke. So, they're, they're, so what would happen is, you know, you start out in the chorus and then the next production you might get a speaking role and then, then mech to, and eventually. So the kids who were in it for a long time were the stars. For, yeah. For, you know, that usually that was the case. Right. My daughter Toja was not so into that concept either. She ain't no Krupke. She didn't want to be a Krupke. But when her, her first production was... Beauty and the Beast. And as a result of the fact that she was not a, a major role, um, she did many roles. Uh, she was a stringer. So she was a fork uh, uh, in, you know, uh, Be Our Guest. Um, she was uh, the old peasant woman who brings the rose uh, to the, and curses the, the beast. Uh, and I forget, it was, it was, it, she was one other, maybe just a townsperson or something. Sure. And uh, so at the end of the show, this is the most classic Tosha line, but she was dead serious. So yeah, I went to the production, I enjoyed it. I, afterwards, I say to her, you were terrific, honey. And then we were talking about it. I said, which role? What? I said, what part? That's how I put it. I said, what part did you like the best? And she said, the bow. The bow. Is that great? That is right? the most it's, honest it's, of Right, it's very, performer. very pure. Yeah. Very pure. Very pure. And couldn't have I'm been I'm giving you truer. a comedian laugh, but I want you to know I'm deeply appreciating yeah. it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it I'm was, laughing fireworks you know, in our In our house, we, we used to sort of try to come up with what are the most Tosha things that Tosha ever said. And that one there is, if, is at least a runner-up. That's great. Uh, for the most Tosha things the Tosha bow. ever said. And then she... Um, Tosha is uh, Tosha is is black and <laughs> has cerebral palsy, and uh, <laughs> these are not these are not the qualities that you necessarily notice most about her when you get talking to her. Yeah, sure. But visually, that's what you get. They stand out in the first second. Um, yeah. And so she played in another youth theater thing. Uh, they did Fiddler on the Roof, and I'm sorry I, I didn't get to go because I was working. Uh, but I'm told it was a spectacular thing to behold. She was Yenta. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hilarious. I'm so sorry I missed it. <laughs> and, and not only that, but they, they t- we had a videotape thing. that We had a, with a video camera back sure, then. Sure, sure. And, they, and my, my nanny taped it for me, and the tape got taped over. Oh. And so I never got to see it. But with my daughter, Allie, tells me it was a thing to see. <laughs> I'm so sorry I How missed it. How old is it. she now? 27. Wow. Yeah. And she's she's good. That's amazing. What does she do? She works at a facility that gives uh that uh does uh services for homeless people. Does she perform in any way anymore? No, she doesn't, which I think is uh, is 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 a loss. It's interesting uh, for because everyone. we're talking about I ain't no Krupke, right? So yeah. you, so maybe I sound I don't think I really do, but like it's in the ballpark of what a lot of young people have, which is like, I'm not going to wait in any lines. I want to, to have the starring role now. I deserve it. But when it came to stand-up, I just sort of naturally, and I'm bringing this back to you, had that like, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a oh, thing. Yeah. I'm going to eat shit. And I, 
I'm even going to say I enjoyed it. Like I, I, I hated it and I enjoyed it. And I'm wondering, you're starting in 1979. Yeah. This is pre comedy club right is this like disco yeah it is, it is pre-comedy club yes yes yes, yes. So tell me uh, what that boston, was boston i'm from boston did you know that? oh no i didn't yeah. know that beth israel is oh wow born, yeah. wait well, did you I'm grow up in the city or lexington oh i'm from Sudbury. i know I oh know. wow isn't that crazy my you dad's know, from somerville my mom's from southie and they moved to melrose and then lexington and that's wow where I yeah oh and i went to school in cambridge so oh, I love your work on NPR. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Cambridge. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's those are your people. That's a little hoity-toity. <laughs> no, um, they love you. Well, you know, I'm the sure. funny thing about Cambridge is there is that part of Cambridge that is the university of and course. the uh, you know and the you know the the I, I don't know the brandies and the and Harvard the suits and, and the right oh. and the oh yeah yeah brandies. There's that <laughs> laughing without part moving your face. Cambridge, but there is also. Um, Townies, there's a blue collar element to Cambridge. Well, that's that, Boston in a nutshell. Right, it's which MIT was, you know, and it's, it's like it's, the South, basically. Yeah, yeah like it's it, got both elements. It's um oh, who's the great uh, uh, genealogy guy teaches at Harvard? Uh, Co- Coates, three names. Oh, I'm just still thinking about how I overcharacterized the South as like a dumb place. Oh, did Apologies you? When to all did my you friends in the South. When, I, I just it. meant like the the so more. Rural parts of the South oh. are represented in Boston as well as the Uber intellectuals. Oh. Anyway, the well, South is it can be. Loving. I don't think it has to do with intelligence, but it does have yeah. to do sometimes with experience because uh, working class, uh, poor. Yeah. Uh, some. Li- I, I remember that's, one that's time. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Sure. I used to work at a. I used to work at a fancy restaurant in Boston. I mean, talk about seeing the dichotomy. You, you know. Uh, I, used to, I used to work at the, you would know, at the Copley Plaza yeah. uh, a hotel in, yeah. in Copley Square. Uh, I worked um, in, they used to have a restaurant like on the lobby level. Um, it was called the Tea Court, I believe, uh-huh. uh, the Copley Tea Court. And uh, Copley. I made the tea sandwiches. Copley tea sandwiches. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> you know, things came out in these lovely tea yeah, service. Sure. But it was served to you. By someone with a you know raw Boston accent. Of course, and your fucking sandwiches. These these people had the, the the most of the wait staff there had been there for many many years, yeah. and um, they they were uh, yeah it was just not you know it, it was funny to see this sort of exterior fancy stuff you know and right. then you, and then you go in the back and I mean, although they couldn't the, the waitresses couldn't pull off really really fancy. Um, it wasn't, you know, Paris. I understand. Uh, but, but this um, is how I feel whenever I go. My my family eat at Legal Seafoods all the time. And our waitress, Carol, every week, uh, thick Boston accent. I love her to death. She's like straight Boston. And there are my parents trying to be hoity-toity. They're, you know, they're still Can selfie. you be hoity-toity at Legal Seafoods? It's not that fancy. It depends on your jacket. I remember one time talking to one of the waitresses at this place. I think her name was Olga. And, uh, I know Olga. Uh, I came out. She said something to me that sounded not true um, about. I forget it was about cancer or some, just some fact that she blurted out. And I said, (laughs) "Well, where did you?" I was like, and I was like, you know, twenty five or thirty years younger than this woman. Yeah. Um, So I'm sure she was like, "What? How? Why are you questioning me?" And and she would have been right. But she said something just sounded so unlikely to be true. Yeah. And I said, "Well, that doesn't sound right." I said, "Where did you Where did you learn that?" And she said, "Well, in the paper." And I said, "Well, what paper was that?" She said, "The Inquirer." 
And that was the first time that I knew that anybody ever read The Inquirer, the Inquirer. as if it was a newspaper. The, and they called it the paper. Right, the paper. So I'm thinking the Globe, maybe on a bad day. Yeah. You know, the, uh, what the was the other paper? Bad day. Yeah. The Herald. The Herald. The yeah. Herald, technically a tabloid. It changed. It used to not be a tabloid. And it changed, yeah. uh, I think, just after I left or. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's hilarious. So we had a lot of irons in the fire. The one that I'm interested in the most is you were going to tell me how. First of all, I'm going to finish the compliment. Was I watched you do your special talking, having a conversation with someone who's in the audience. <laughs> thank, thank you for augmenting your. And I thought that had to have been fake. It was so good. I was like, there's no way. Like, I was just like, you can't do that. Well, I'm very flat. Like, I was really, I think it really changed. Obviously, I wouldn't do stand up for another 10 years, maybe eight years, but I was like, really, you know, when people go and see great improv, they're like, you guys scripted that. I had that sort of level of doubt. At every how now good and then, are. people, well, thank you very much, yeah. first of yeah. all. Every now and then, people come up to me and they'll say, well, dude, was that, were there the it was a plants plant. in the audience? And I was yeah. just like, really? Because the thing. They're not paying me enough for plants, well, sweetheart. Well, A, it will require the E-word effort. And B, um, and B, like, I don't know, if I was going to plant somebody, yeah, it would be, well, A, it would never work. That's the first thing. Of Just course. like how putting my, my good joke at the end of my act never works as a closer. Yeah. Um, it, would, it would quash the energy from it of to course. begin with. That would be the first problem. But the other thing is, like some of the people I talk to, I, I wish I could think of a good example um i never can when i want to um which is that it's it's so not you know my lpms are not huge on those forays into the audience you, you know i don't it's not like buffo laughs every right. second it's not that it's a it's a conversation i think what people some are... of it ends up being very funny and some of it later i go back to because something that gets yes, said that reminds course. me of it which again it's a conversation um but as a you know it's not hamilton right I, I think what struck me and what strike even now uh, and what struck me then was that it's very – I believe what you when you say you look at it as a conversation. A lot of performers, when they start talking to someone in the audience, it's almost like they're looking for a fight or they're looking desperately for something funny almost in that oh, bad yeah, no, I'm not. interview way. Yeah. And I actually get the sense that you're – just like meaning a bit makes it better. You mean it when you say to somebody, who are you texting – you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's on one no, of your. I love the audience that comes to see me. Yeah, I, I, I'm the luckiest performer in the world. I, I have people who come to see me. I mean, that's such a great thing. Yeah, it's such a cool thing. And so you've never uh, had a dip where you were like, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> you've been doing it a long time. I have been doing it a long time. I I don't think I ever felt like I don't like it anymore. I think there were times where I underappreciated how lucky I was to get to do it. Interesting, um, but I, I don't think I would ever say that I didn't touch with like it, don't doing you? it. You can't. I don't. I find that it's the sort of thing you can't like everything. You, you know, can't take for granted when when stand up comedy had this resurgence because obviously stand up comedy has been around since you know well, you before we came out of the them. cage. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but when it had this resurgence, you know, the comics out of the eighties that started getting sitcoms. You know, and suddenly it was like, uh, um, if you were a really funny comic, then naturally you'll be really great in a sitcom. Right. And some of them were, some of them were fabulously great, and some of them weren't. But either way, they would 
come off the road, and that was the goal of many comics. To get and off the road. I certainly, I shared that uh, fantasy for a while, yeah. that I would, you know, somehow get plucked from obscurity of working at, you know, Uncle uh, Funny's Yuck House, and, and that I would, you know, some great... Who books that? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up. I still have the number. Um, it's moved. Uh, now it's in a strip mall. Um, but, I mean, I really did think at one point that that job that I was doing wasn't the real show business and that I would someday get plucked from the obscurity of the not real show business and get into the real show business, which was the sitcoms and this right. big money and blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyway, so comics would go and do that. And then sometimes, for reasons I'm unclear about, they would decide that uh, you know during their hiatus from their show, when the, when the show took a break, um, they'd go out on the road. Yeah. And many of them just would fall flat. They could sell tickets. Right. They could they could work, you know, it's bigger, that guy from that thing. Bigger, right, bigger and bigger things because people recognize their name and then they get there and they realize, oh, you know, it would be like um you know, it would it would be like if I had been a marathon runner a few years ago. Um, and then I had, you know, had some other gig come up that I did. Right. And now, you know, you know what, tacos. the L.A. Marathons this weekend, yeah, let me just right. <laughs> tell you what. Right. I have some shorts and a sports bra. Right. I, I think <laughs> I, I think I could probably get myself in there, you know. You just keep going, right? It, yeah, just it keep doesn't going. work. It's, I, I, it is a muscle. And if you don't, for me anyway, I can't speak to everybody. How long will you go off a break? Um, I don't know. It doesn't just the way my schedule works. It's never very long. Yeah, it's it, it, it's never very long. But any time that I have, and I go back, sometimes it works. Like sometimes, if I do too many nights in a row of working, that I find like by the last night, I am just sick of my own voice. Yeah, and um, and it and things sort of flatten out a little bit. I just uh, yeah, it's uh, not feeling it the same way that I I did at the beginning of whatever stretch that was. Um, and then uh, you know have a little. Uh, few days off and then you you go in it and and there's something something feels fresher about doing it sometimes it does work that way but not if i don't work for a long time then i'm just yeah. plain bad but taking a couple nights off doesn't like make it more fun when you do it again well i do i, I do yeah. i mean i don't do i i do mostly the weekends it's yeah. usually thursday friday saturday this this week as it happens it's friday saturday sunday but it's usually thursday friday saturday yeah and a different place every night usually and, uh, and and so um, yeah, I mean, I re- back when I used to work clubs, I remember like sitting in the dressing room, like staring at the same stuff, and just feeling like, oh my gosh, this not the part. How on did stage. I get here? The part no, on literally, stage never felt here? that bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how did I get on? <laughs> the part on stage never felt like that. Just sitting, waiting to go on. I understand. Um, was just so tedious. A different place every night sounds like a nice way to keep the road from being that. It, it is nice, although if I did it every night, it would be god awful. I love the. The song I want to be a millionaire, you know. I don't know. I want to be a millionaire so fucking bad. That's the part I really like about it. But at one point, <laughs> he sings a different city every night. He's talking about being famous as a singer. He's in yeah. different city. Every time that line came up when I was in the car with my kids, I go, "That guy's nuts." Uh, <laughs> you know, if you did a city, if you did a different city every night, yeah. All the time. See, I'm usually home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. But if I was out every night 
in a different city. Yeah, I, I would, it would not be good. No, no, no. Um, you know, yeah, it would be. It would be. Uh, I mean, y- yeah, you could. You could do a good business in small shampoos, <laughs> but I used to collect the small shampoos. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, and then you know who did. Gilbert Gottfried. Did he? Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I used to. I had a huge collection. Not like Gilbert. Of, of small shampoos. But yes, really? Did you really? Yeah, I did. And then I realized, what Your am I going to do little trophies from the road. Or I, you just wanted somebody, them for frugality? Uh, somebody, I thought, contacted me one time and asked if I would send them my collection, and I did. And then the same person got back to me later and said, why did you send me those? So I don't know if it was like a... Did you imagine you know, the person, request? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get high, but if I did, like how high would you have to be yeah. to imagine <laughs> someone asking for your small shampoo? And then they said, why did you send these to me? And you said, you asked yeah, me to? And they right. said, no, I didn't. I think I it didn't. was them who was probably high. But uh, I remember at one point I moved, and moving the small shampoos was like the hardest of everything. Yeah, you can just leave those. So no, you know what I had to do was I got a, one of those big moving boxes that has the dividers in it that you might use for glasses or coffee mugs. Or Christmas ornaments. And so I would fill each of those sections with um, the small shampoos. Because if you just try to use a big box, what happens is they fall down. <laughs> and they spell out, you mean? No, but they just fall over. Yeah, you and don't you're want having that. To, you want you know, to keep them. You're trying to move, right? That you got a lot a going on. OCD. Is that, I want to know. I'm steering you back to your OCD because I didn't get, oh. you didn't talk about how it manifests. Mostly in that I can't stop talking. That's probably the number one thing. Is that right? Everything that gets said reminds me of one more thing that I feel that I must say. And I'm so not, I do yeah. not have a linear conversation. Yeah. And I and I and I and I do not have a lot of friends. Do you think uh, that's hilarious? Because <laughs> most people are just like like when they hear you know when I call somebody they're like oh Paula. <laughs> that's usually the tone. Do you think that's why going back to the beginning? Uh, I, I I doubt this is a sensitive topic. Why it was harder for you to thrive in television because it was they want you to be linear, they want you to be like, we want this segment to be this long, or they want this. Well, I'm sure that was that. part of it. I'm sure that was part of it. Well, you know, in recent years, you know, when I when I first started as an open micer, you know, I would write down my five minutes, I would type it out, and and I memorize it, and then I'd go on, and I'd get nervous, and I'd forget what I was going to say, or something wouldn't go over, or I'd. On my way to stage, I saw something, and then I said something about it when I got to stage, and now I don't know where I am in time right. in my five minutes. And so always this thing of remaining on even my own – even a script I, I wrote for myself was virtually impossible. Yeah. And to do it required – it was sort of like – it was sort of like back when I drank. You know, the, the, the concept that you could have two drinks, right, yeah. and, you know, have a little – Buzz. Right, but not be drunk. It sounded like no. It sounded like a great idea. Oh, I see. But the effort that it required to have only two drinks made it invalidated any pleasure that I could have gotten. That's interesting. I mean, I would argue that there's no pleasure in it, anyways. But it's like you can watch this TV, but you have to carry it to the top of this hill first. Right. Exactly. So the thing of uh, of trying to remain in this five minute thing. If yes, if I were to, or or even the way I do my act now, if I were to say, "Look, I'm going to write out an hour and forty five minutes of material, and I'm going to do exactly that every night." Yeah. 
Could, could you? I, could I do it? Yeah, I probably could. But the effort that it would take would make to do it would 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 take the joy uh, the joy out of it. I, I, I would be working too constrained, like I'd, I'd be tied up. Whereas now, what I what I did fairly early on was I I I, I, I said to myself, you know, I have this thing where I think of other stuff inadvertently and I say it. And oftentimes it's honestly funnier than the stuff that I plan to say. Sure. And so at a certain point, pretty early on, I decided to allow myself to be myself. And there are times where that falls flat and it would have, you know, I was like, oh boy. Uh, but most of the time it works pretty good. At least it's honest and you're failing being yourself. That was a big lesson for me is like I would watch headliners Something would happen in the audience. Someone would drop a tray. Someone would say something or whatever it was. And the amateur just kept doing their joke about toasters. And the professional, in my mind, would go with that, would follow that. They'd say, put that anywhere. Of course. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But they would at least... I used to work with a guy years ago. Allow the disruption. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't and you're allowing a mental that disruption. You're not, not, not in the room, and you don't want to pretend that you're not thinking about that one weird light that looks like you're being abducted by an alien or whatever <laughs> it is that you think of on your way up. Okay, now that you mentioned the light, I have to tell you the story. So I'm notorious for going over. Is that right? Oh, because I don't know where I am in the time frame. Notorious. Yeah. So now I actually ask for a clock on stage because. I don't. There's nothing in the. In, there's nothing in the jokes that I'm doing right. that's going to tell me how long I've been on stage. Right. And uh, um, by the time I, so the way I can tell time is from the audience reaction. And by the time I realize I've been on too long, now I have to do another thirty minutes just to get the crowd back, Hilarious. so that I, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've pulverized them. Right. And now I need. Now right. I've, I've, I overstay my welcome. <laughs> you can tell by their dip in energy. Yes, it's exactly. been about forty-five the, minutes, hasn't by it? By the way, that uh, that I always say, Harriet Tubman has actually uh, had underground railroad out of my show. By the <laughs> by the way, the whole crowd starts spotting for one another when they're trying to head for the door. Go now, go now. <laughs> That's how I can tell I've been on too long. So um, there's a point to this. What the hell was it? Oh, Oh, the light thing. All right. So I'm working in Boston one time at, uh, this is when Comedy Connection was at Faneuil Hall. One of the first places I performed. Well, with the piano on the stage. The, uh, the, the Comedy Connection used to be in uh, the basement of the Charles Playhouse. Right. On Warrenden Street. Uh, but anyways, so I'd gotten this job. I was there for a couple nights. Uh, I hadn't worked there forever. The guy, in fact, the, the Different guys owned it when I last worked for the Comedy Connection, but I had taken this job. So um, it's kind of a druggy name. It's your Comedy Connection. <laughs> Who's your connection? Oh, you're doing those laps. Yeah. Who's your connection? Comedy Connection? Well, you know, there's, uh, <laughs> there, so, there's something so, to say about that yeah, for sure. <laughs> so the uh, so all right. So the guy that I'm working for, he says to me, comes in, you know, the little dressing room. He says, "Okay, look, because uh, it's club. It's a club." So he said it was like a Friday night or something. He goes, "Look at." Uh, you know, you could do as long as you want the second show. But at the first show, really need you to keep it tight so we can get the audience out and bring the next audience in. You know, which already sounds like, well, that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> but I understand. That's part of what they have to do. Okay. So he tells me that. I say, okay. So so, uh, uh, so they're going to – I think he said, do you need a light? I said, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I will need a light because I can't tell time on stage. I say, okay. So I go on stage and within minutes I'm lost in what I'm doing. And I'm talking and I'm talking. And then I see a big light in the back of the room, so sort of wave back and forth. And I give kind of a nod to let them know that I saw it. Thank you. Five minutes 
I do five more minutes. Thank you. Good night. Wrap it. Done. I step off stage. The guy comes up to me in a panic. He goes, Paula, you only did 20 minutes. Oh my I go, God. I saw the light. He said, we don't have a light. Or no. Or, or he said, no, no, he didn't use a light. I'm telling you, I saw a one if by land, two if by sea light in yeah, the back of that room. Boston There's a big, huge light. Yeah. I think... There were, either that was the night that that happened or another night this happened where it was a very similar thing where I see a light and I get off stage and then later the sound guy tells me he dropped something on the floor and he took out a flashlight to Hilarious. look for it. And I'm, well, I, I gotta go. Light. Yeah, I don't be a jerk, but I'm that lost when I'm on. That's so like, funny. The fact that it was 20 minutes was totally Wasn't news a, to me. There was a Robin Williams joke about how he did cocaine and... He did his whole act in 20 minutes or something. Like he just <laughs> blew through it. He blew through it. You were also telling that story about he saw you in San Francisco as a young woman, which leads you to doing your set on Saturday Night Live, yeah. which I have to imagine is the most time-intensive you have to be to your time experience. Oh, I was for have. that. I was for that. I don't think I was very good. I mean, I haven't seen it in years, but I don't think it was very good. But you um, did. Partly because time. of just that. Yeah. Partly because if it was it stand here... Uh, do yeah. you know it neuters uh, it. it? It kind of does. Yeah, yeah it kind of does. Were your parents very communicative like this, or are you compensating for a quiet household? <laughs> oh no, my mother was very talkative. I think my mother probably suffered from OCD in similar ways to that I do. So tell me, so it's an anxiety calming thing to constantly talk? No, doesn't calm anything. I just literally can't stop. <laughs> what does it feel like to stop? Ah. Uh, Great. <laughs> if I could. Yeah, yeah. When I get, so no, it's not. It's like, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like spinning around. It's like a balloon that you're about, you've blown it up. And, and, and before you can tie the knot, it gets out of your hand and it spins around backwards like that. Right. And at the end, it's deflated. It's, yes. it's shamed itself. Yeah, it's a little moist. It's yeah, it's right. <laughs> what can you do with it now? It's kind of gross. That's how. That's how I feel at the end of any given day, because wow. I'm. I'm. You know, uh, like a lot of times I'm alone all day. Uh, like I don't. Nobody. I, nobody lives with me anymore. My kids are young adults. Um, but uh, yeah. So, so now. So now I can have a day where I've. I've barely talked to anybody. But uh, you know. And then does the, it just. Uh, collect and then you can't wait to see Sometimes somebody. I think I talk to the dog and I noticed last night I was telling the dog probably more detailed things than he could understand. It was beyond, ah! it was beyond sit and stay. Ah! It was... I, we had moved past sit and yeah, stay. Yeah, it was beyond... Yeah, that is a It bit. was stuff That's like, I'm going to get your water... And then I'm going to do the laundry. Yeah. Just, uh, the, 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 I mean, I think well, he's happy to be talked to. And then but... really not many friends? I, I, this is, there's no, no shame no, in No, no, I don't I'm really have... Like... I don't... I hardly, I hardly have any... What happened to any them? Any friends. I'm not sure that I ever did have a lot of really... You know, I, I, I... But part of it is scheduling, you know, just, you know, the life that I... What's great about my job and my life is that in different cities, I might know people you know like people from my high school for example who uh you know we all uh, you know everybody went in different directions at one time or another and uh and so i'll be someplace and like for example i was in new hampshire just recently and one of my high school pe coaches came to see me and i just uh, we've been in touch on and off over the years but i i, I just delighted she yeah. just turned 80 Wow, and uh, you know what could be more flattering than 
you know, that she wanted, she wanted to come see me. It's yeah. very sweet. Yeah, it's nice. It makes me happy. Well, there's, there's, I, it is an interesting style of relationships. I, I, I read that you identify as asexual. Is that true? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't. I haven't had to check a box. <laughs> is that going to be on the census? <laughs> it is actually. Oh, we added it just geez. for you. Yeah. Are you legal? Well, I just wonder. And do you have sex? Those are the two questions. <laughs> you have your sort of socialization built into your career. Like you socialize with the crowd. You get that, that good singing no, that's true. feeling. You know, years ago, I realized that the audience is my best friend. And I'm sure that's like a really mentally unstable thing to say. But since... Since I've recognized it to be the case, that's the thing. I mean, I think that's one of the joys of getting a little bit older is that you really do figure one or two things out. About yourself or just the world. About life in general. Um, And I'm not saying that, you know, every every older person is full of all sorts of wisdom. I don't think that's true and I don't think that I will be. But you do figure a handful of things out. Sometimes it's your own priorities – Sometimes it's, you know, hey, what am I, you know. What really does it for me? Right. How like, do, it, what, what, what makes me feel, uh, what's the word? Because I have a theory that everyone uh, suffers from major insecurity and that personality is defined by how you handle that. Interesting. Um, you know, like I'm sure Trump is incredibly insecure. Yeah. And what it comes off as is arrogance. But for, for sure. a guy to stand after getting, you know, a after after taking a Democrat style shellacking uh, uh, as, as 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 the Republicans did this last time, this last election, and to stand at a podium or no, it wasn't a podium. He was outside the White House and say, people People, you know, people love me. Pe- people really love me. You know, yeah. we did great. People love Like, yeah. okay, that's that's insecurity. I always have the image of Trump. I've never seen it. I imagined it. Of Trump in the morning when he's, you know, putting his socks on. And in between foot one and foot two, he just goes, <sighs> like, it has to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do it to humanize him because I'm like, no bully or blowhard is just that. It's all we see, and I, I, he might even be 99% that, but there's some part of him that's just got to be afraid, alone, and exhausted, just like all of us in, in some part of our being. I'm starting to soften on Hitler. Ah, just just after this little chat. You want to hear hilarious. a great story? There's a great story. Is this a Hitler story? No, it's not a Hitler story, but close. Um, <laughs> so I am... Um, I was lucky enough to be raised in Massachusetts, which I had had, and I think still does, probably a very good public school system. I, I, on the, I, I and I, I benefited from that. Uh, what I did not do was reach out and grab it. What, what I did not do was, um, you know, I got a contact uh, educationally. That's hilarious. You, you, you know, I did. I was a lousy student, um, and, and uh, I just was. I think if you're a lousy student in some states, you're really in big trouble. But if you're a lousy student in a great state. Yeah, a lousy student in Massachusetts, some stuff just, I think, Oh, that's off. how I feel, too. I was not a great student. I tried, but I oh, was an okay student. That's hilarious. Yeah, I was an okay student in a great high school. Yeah. So See? I was pulling in Bs and Cs, and I was like, but my egghead friends who are all you know very, very smart – they were still my friends. They were still saying well, see, things. See, I was lucky that I, yeah, I hung out with like smart kids. And yeah. I don't know. I just sort of would hear things. But, yes. But I, but in terms of history, just por ejemplo, I, I, there are huge Como? 
gaps in my body of knowledge. Huge gaps. Sure. And then you take into consideration that even if you were to study history in school, they often taught us lies anyways. So yeah. um, uh, You might have been learning the wrong facts. Well, right. But so I decided within the last several months, I thought, you know, this is just, it's embarrassing how stupid I am. Oh, um, I need Paula to. Pound I was Stone. actually very, I was influenced by uh, my friend Loretta Swit, who told me that she is a, um, you know, part-time historian. She knows all sorts of stuff about the uh, Second World War in particular, I think. So, uh, so I thought, you know, I need to make up for the fact that I don't know anything. And, and what I really wanted to know, my number one driving question is what made, um, like, what, 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 what makes a society fall for a dictator? There has to be a time at which everybody turns their power over. And, and what makes that happen? So I'd heard a lot of people talk about Mussolini. And I always nod my head like I know what they're saying. But in truth, I didn't know when he was or yeah. what country he was from. I just sure. knew he was a dictator. So I, so I go to the library. I'm going to get a book about Mussolini. The Mussolini section in the San Marco Library is small. Let me just say that in my own defense. But there's he'd a be book. be humiliated. It's a big, <laughs> thick book. It's a big, th- oh, yeah, he'd yeah, hate it. He'd One hate of the books that. is by him. And I'm like, I'm not reading his version. <laughs> um, but so there's, there's a big, thick Mussolini book on the, on the spine, big, huge letters, Mussolini. It was like something out of a Warner Brothers cartoon. Like, okay. <laughs> This is going to fix it, right? I'm going to know after I read You're this. You're going to be shushed book. in the library just for putting it on the table. Yeah, but I mean, this is everything I need to know about Mussolini has to be in this book. So I get the book home and I look more carefully at the cover. And in fact, what it says is Mussolini in big letters. And then the subtitle is The Last 600 Days. Okay, wow. so it's not going to tell me what I that want to know. That is not what you want. You want the Wikipedia page. In the OCD <laughs> of me, I now must read. This book because I have it. That's more than a, a page a, a day. It was, it was, yeah, exactly. I'm hoping that maybe it was like the Robert Carroll, uh, Robert Carroll, uh, uh, LBJ series that uh, you know he just is that maybe it's just maybe there's the first 600 days, the second 600, maybe it's part of a series. Yeah, sure. Um, but so far, I've only read. We're going to take it 600, 600 at a time. So. So I read this book, and and here's the other thing about me. I read. Hold on, that's probably my manager calling. Can I get it? Absolutely no idea what I do for a living. No, I have no idea who that is. What? Uh, here, I'll just I'll turn it off. I don't know who that is. It's, I don't know. It's not a number I know. Um, so I I uh, it's probably the IRS. You know they. Well, you're on a list for getting that big fucking book about Mussolini. I'm always getting that call from the IRS. <laughs> this is the IRS. You know that one? Do you really? It's fake. It's not real. Okay, I thought I turned it off. No, it only said call reject. I can't can't even work my flip phone. Um, all right. So I read mostly nonfiction. Um, and although I'm not like a exo- you know, I'm not like a person who reads like all the time or anything like that. Um, my biggest problem is I can't remember anything. Mm. So I'll read a whole book, a big, thick Mussolini book, and I might remember one or two facts. Yeah, and I can remember the whole thing. So I read this Mussolini book, <laughs> and here's what I came away with. Uh, it's just. And it, this is just one source. Just one historian says this. Okay. So, first of all, he was not treated badly by his captors, except for the execution. Um, <laughs> they, but I think they kept him in a hotel, maybe. And, and he was only captured. He, he was only lived in captivity very briefly. Um, but they... So the partisans, I think it was what they were called. I don't even know what that means. But they, um, the, what would be the, the rebellious faction, 
uh, to his dictatorship in Italy, um, takes over and they 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 capture him and his henchmen. They they take him out somewhere. They line him up and they execute him. They shoot them. Now they put the bodies in their car and they drive to a town. They take the bodies out and they hang them up in the town square. And the people were so angry with them that they abused the corpses. So in, in my mind, who cares? They're dead people. It doesn't matter. But they, they beat the corpses with sticks. They pee on them. They spit on them. One guy tries to put a, a mouse in Mussolini's mouth. A dead Mussolini's mouth. <laughs> and apparently they Mussolini? abuse the corpses to such a degree that Mussolini's brains fall out the back of his head. Oh, boy. Now, a quick-thinking partisan apparently scoops up the brains and puts them in a jar. And eventually, and I don't know why they felt the need to do this, but eventually they contact Mussolini's widow. And they say, we have Mussolini's brains in a jar. Would you like to have them? And she says, according to this historian, I live in a small house and I don't know where I would put them. Oh, my God. Which I think every decorator has she wanted faced to be polite. <laughs> a similar. You know, you want a room to have a theme. Yeah. The brains really tie it together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm thinking here in this room, uh, this, you know, Pete's house is like really nice. Really. I mean, really nice. Heated toilet seat. <laughs> fancy stuff all the way through. Beautiful tile. Lovely window uh, stuff. It's just really it's a gorgeous house. <laughs> and then you, you. And so he's like, no, but not. I'm, uh, I'm like looking around like back. ready to sit down. He's got a beautiful baby. I'm ready to sit down right in there and do the thing. He's like, no, no, not here. And then him and Frau Brewer wave me, who's the, you know who I mean. (laughs) Frau Brewer? From Frank, young Frank. So who's the, oh, oh, I can't remember her name. Anyways, so so Pete waves me. No, keep coming. Keep coming across the yard. Like helping you parallel park. Back into a room that has... Let's just say none of the glamour <laughs> of the house. This, I'm thinking, you know, here we this go. This is the most comfortable couch in the house. This is the best couch. You're on a Pete Holmes show pillow right now. I am on a, a Pete I Holmes mean, show pillow. You know, there's I tell, dozens I, of people that would care about that pillow. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a bad feeling dozens of people have. <laughs> <laughs> Deeply. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so speaking part of, sex, of my fear. <laughs> I'm interested... So you got older. You I did. Realized you were honest with yourself. You're like the audience is my best friend. They are, and that's uh, this is a judgment free zone. This is I about love that. celebrating. This is, this is very much like Paula Poundstone. Well, I, I, it's just uh, I, I want to be loving. That yeah. there's not. It's yeah. not. You said that. I it was can't like, tell you how many therapists I went to that went. You did what? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I heard you diagnose it as maybe not healthy, but like people are different. And if you found the thing that works for you, that's great. I am interested, so in that judgment-free way, that the idea of human relationships just didn't do it for you. And, no, and I in have, the interest, I, it's not that I don't have friends. I have because I do say that I don't. I don't have like a gaggle of. I don't have like you know. I get together. Like I have ping pong parties at my house. Um, PPP. Uh, yeah, I used to do them about. At our peak, we probably did about six a year. At your peak, you'd do three PPPs. I okay. did three PPPs at my peak. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
but uh, it pounced on ping pong parties. Oh, my God. The PPPPP. People preferred them. Oh, um, my God. It pleased the people. Oh, uh, So geez. we did. We used to. We, we, uh, and I pride myself in my invitations. I, all my invitations were funny and fun. But we did about, but what about six like, parties a year. Yeah. Now, because my kids aren't at home and it's just harder to Fewer do without, without. Well, no, it's harder to, to do without their help, actually, oh, to set wow. things up. So now I do about two per year. Uh-huh. Um, and at those parties, those parties are very well populated because it is so much fun. Sure, but I can get together like that. What I what I don't do and can't do is, um, you know, I don't do lunches and I don't do dinners and I don't I don't I just I'm so busy all the time. You know, I have fourteen cats. That's a lot of sifting. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Holy cow! Yeah, it's a tremendous amount. But of what sifting. is it about? That's why I talk to the dog so much. What is it about sitting across from somebody at a meal, as somebody who's not crazy about that with a lot of people? I like doing it with Val. It's not that I don't like it; it's that I don't have time for it for the most part. Mm. I, no, here's how. No, here's how I eat. <laughs> no, I eat peanut butter and jelly on raisin bread every uh-huh. day that I am home. Uh huh. And there are sometimes I think to myself, you know what? I don't have time to make it. What are you doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Uh, a lot of interviews uh, to promote jobs that I'm going off to do. Uh, I sift four times a day. I volunteer at a nursing home. I pack. I have merchandise stuff wow. that I sell, and that requires you know inventory and packing. I think I've worked it out that I make twelve cents an hour. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I work a lot. I do a lot. I do yeah. a lot of writing. Um, yeah. I do. I have my podcast and. Uh, and then I take drum lessons, and so I have to practice. But I, I'm not – because I'm not home all week, I have to double up on my practices right. in the half a week. Right. Because I love my drum teacher, but he talks to me like I'm one of his kid students. Right. You know, he'll ask me if I've practiced. And I, I think, well, okay. <laughs> if – if I haven't practiced because I'm incredibly busy and I'm lucky to be able to squeeze in this drum lesson and I'm not trying to – I don't want to be a drummer. Right. I just want to play – I want to play the drums. I don't yeah. want to perform. I don't – No know. one's coaxing you to do it. You... I, I don't need to be driven. Yeah. yeah I yeah, just yeah. need to. Uh... What do you do at the nursing home? Um, I work in the activities room and I always say to people, don't let that word activity fool you. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah. I do – Very um, low activities. My – I started it. For an experiment that I was doing for a book I was writing called The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness. Um, and that was my um, get up and help experiment. It was my volu- chapter on volunteering. And uh, I was always afraid of old people. And so I thought, well, well I'm going to jump in with both feet. So I'm going I'm to go to a nursing home uh, and, and uh, y- you know, do a, a kind of helping that um because helping makes you happy it makes well i wanted to see if it would i wanted to see if it would it was an experiment and i and i i had what i needed for my writing after about two months but i just felt like an asshole saying got what i need see ya right and so i stayed and so i go there two 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 mornings a week usually and I've been there for three years. And what do you do? Uh, mostly jigsaw puzzles. I do a lot of jigsaw puzzles. Um, I, I, I talk to people. I bring my dog. Um, everybody, a lot of people want to pet the dog. Um, and I talk to people for a few minutes here and there. Most people don't realize they've already talked to me. Well, 
So, I mean, because you know what, there's, a, a, you know, dealing with um, dementia and Alzheimer's is a tremendous amount of work. It is a god-awful condition um, for everyone involved. And so uh, what happens is I think a lot of the people that end up in a, 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 in a nursing home are, are people who just need so much care that the family can't, right. they can't provide it out of love right that that's not enough uh right. you know they need somebody to be with so my you know i think when i first went there i thought well i'll i didn't think i'd do stand up to people but i thought i would read aloud maybe to like a whole group but it's like working in a one room schoolhouse there's so many different cognitive levels right that you couldn't you can't do that there you are you got to go one on one you do kind of have to go one on one i mean mm. you could do singing but even then People aren't good. And I have done that, and I do do that sometimes. But um, what I mostly do is um, my goal, I, I really like reduced my expectations of what I could do. Um, but my goal is to just connect with somebody uh, for enough to lift their burden for a few seconds in mm. that little bit of time that I'm yeah. there. And, and so far... So good. I feel like I have managed to do that here and there, and it feels so good. It, uh, it did work. It made you happier. Um, yeah. I can't say that I jump up every morning that I am scheduled to be there and say can't wait to get there. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, that's like so many things that I do, um, which is that I, I sort of drag my feet, and then I get there, and, uh, You're happy and it does. Did. And it does. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, it's... Uh, well, that's wisdom, too. You're talking about the wisdom you collect. I think it's so interesting when you realize you just have to get over that initial hump. Yeah, sometimes you just have to make yourself yeah. do stuff. Yeah, and is... I say this all the time. We feel so much better if we, there's a little hike we do around the neighborhood. You never want to do it. And we always feel so much better after we do yeah, it. Yeah, it was like working out. That was another one of my experiments for my book. It was the Get Fit chapter, uh, the Get Fit experiment, which was the first one. And, you know, it's not a, a new science that working out makes you feel good but right. i i did i signed up for as many i took private lessons with this taekwondo self-defense guy uh and just grueling grueling workouts and uh and then so when i what when, helped the most you know i have to say physical activity is is really? really big in fact you know if i had my life to do a, again i might make the chapters in different order Mm. You know, because maybe you want to wait and find out that working out's really great at the end of the book, but I didn't. I, I did it in that. Uh, so I, I, when I wrote when I wrote the book, I remained true to the to chronology the of what yeah. I had done because a lot of the book, because the, my book, the totally unscientific study, the search for human happiness. Don't plug the book. It's <laughs> and there's an audio version. Uh, <laughs> Who reads it? It. it, it uh, I. I read. The, I am. I am the uh, voice on the audio. I'm the reader louder. It was, um, <laughs> it, it, the the question for me when I began uh, the 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 premise of the book was not. It wasn't what did I enjoy because I have a handle on what I enjoy. I kind of know what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. The question was. What could I do that would lift me up in a way that 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 had a little bit of lasting power, so that when I return to my chores and my regular life and my responsibilities and the things that I do, some of I, it would carry over, right? Yeah. Exactly. That I'll have an overall lift, like a tide coming in, you know. And so, uh, so the analysis part of each chapter was, and sometimes the conditions too, were checking in 
with my regular life and seeing how that was going. And therefore, um, and it took me seven years to write. And so it's this story of my kids growing up. Um, and uh, so I had to leave it in the order that I had written it, because, that I had course, done the experiments, yeah, because otherwise are... you're screwing up the kids' what, ages. What did, what did you learn about, sorry to push the asexual thing, I'm very interested in that. What did you learn about happiness? I'm sure most people, most like standard Oh, I didn't people. have a sex experiment yeah, chapter. I should have. What about, <laughs> what, what? I could be sure that I don't like it. What, <laughs> what was your experience with sex? It's very interesting. How did you uh, discover? No, I, I, it's not, I mean, I, it could be that someday I, you know, I lock eyes with somebody and, you know, some sort of sparks go off. And the next thing I, you know, I know I'm, you know, I'm Stormy Daniels. I, I don't know. Maybe. M- maybe. But, you know, most I people, I think, if you ask them what made them happy, it might, number one, might be a fulfilling romantic relationship. It just, you know, I'm happy for the rest of you. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It just seems to me that it, it would take so much energy. Um you know, but you raised all these children. Yeah, I did. I mean, that's very s- similar. I, I mean, can't. It's no, it's, it's not similar. Yeah, no. How would the you idea know? that I would have, <laughs> the idea that I would have finished up. I mean, there were nights where, like, you know, one of the things I look back on raising my children with, and I realize I made a terrible mistake, and I wish I had done this differently. But having said that, I don't know how I would do it differently. Which is, they didn't get enough sleep. They the really kids. did not get enough sleep. There were nights I couldn't get them into bed until 11 o'clock at night, for heaven's sake, just because there was so much to get done. And, you know, it was, you know, I remember every now and some pediatrician or somebody say, well, do they have a bedtime? And I go, well, not exactly. The bedtime is when everything gets done, when the homework's done, when the, you know, when when they've eaten, when, you know, they did after school sports and instruments and stuff like that. And it makes for a long, challenging day. And, and, sure. and so uh, the idea that I would, so I'd get the kids to bed and I, I barely made my kids do any chores because honestly, when were they going to do that? Right. You know, so for the most part, I mean, when they get much older, I made them help out with the dishes, but not when they were little. Sounds like time management is a, is a big theme for you. <laughs> well, I think though that I was, no, I think I did amazing things with time. It's just that there was a lot to do. We bit off a lot. Right. You know, we were a busy, busy, busy family. We we really did a, a lot. And, and uh, but I just say the idea that I would have finished all that. Right. And that I'd go into my bedroom and there'd be someone in there with whom I had to have an activity. I just that makes my hair stand on end. Right. I remember one time years ago, I did go out with a guy one time um, and he was I had a um, it was a long time ago. I was a foster parent. So I, I had my daughters I had already adopted, I think. I think. And I also had an infant. I think I had three 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 kids, um, and a little teeny preemie baby that was that I was fostering. And uh, you know, we had a handful of cats, no dogs yet. But um I'm so this guy that I this guy, uh and I liked him a lot. He he we had made a, you know, a date, I guess, to go out and he comes to the house. He he pulls up in a, a, a limousine and he brings me roses, and I was late. I wasn't ready yet, and I, I, my hand smelled of bleach. I, I I was dripping in sweat. My hair was all wild, and I'm like, okay, these two things don't go together. Right. You know, you, you know when you're. Do you think though this is this is really feeling like therapy for me too? But 
Do you think that packing your life in that way is any way a defense against a relationship? No, I don't think so. No? No, I don't. No. I think I am like a heat-seeking missile. You know, I go, I go towards what, you know, I think if, uh, I, I, I think that if that were something that I were very interested in, I would have. When did you I realize would've... you weren't interested? That's interesting. I think in the middle of having sex with a guy one night. Uh, How old? Uh, I don't know. It was back in San Francisco. So it was a long time ago. Young lady. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm not certain. I, I, you know, I, it could. I, again, but it was in the middle. You literally, you were just like, "This isn't for yeah, me." This is, yeah. Again, I don't. I don't think this is working out. Yeah. And um, I was also paying bills at the same time. I was reaching over his shoulder, doing some calculations on a be. piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I wasn't really into the moment. Yeah. Um, he wanted to turn the lights out. I said no because then I can't see to read. Um, <laughs> that's going to ruin my columns. What I did said. alcohol do for you? I, nothing. Yeah. No, nothing. I understand. Nothing. Looking back, I gotta say, can I ask you a leading it question? Gets away with murder. Oh, I completely agree. Alcohol and pot. I agree. And, you know, just it doesn't. There's nothing. I'm going to ask you a leading question, better. though. Yeah. As somebody who can have a hard time shutting off my brain, um, and from a family of of people also like that, I noticed. I stopped drinking about a year ago, and um, I've noticed lately. I've been under a lot of stress. And that the urge to drink will come up in those moments. And um, I notice it's what I, I don't really want to drink alcohol. I want to not do anything. And alcohol was often my excuse to behave how I wanted to behave, which is also often very slovenly and just sloth-like. And, oh, and not do anything. And not do anything. And, and just watch movies or eat Chinese food or whatever it is. Now I'll just do those things yeah. sober. Yeah, I, It's, it's like idea. what you're saying. It's yeah. like I just give myself permission Right. To, I, I said to Val the other day, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm playing a lot of uh, this one video game and just watching movies and Okay, shit. well, don't play video games. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. bad. You know, I thought yeah. we were in a judgment-free zone, but No, here, here I can't, I, I'm not judging, I'm just telling you that they're made <laughs> to be addictive. They are giant time sucks. There's nothing beneficial. Well, I would argue that it, it, it helps slow down. It doesn't. Your brain. No, it doesn't help slow down your brain. It's just, it's, you know, you go, you, you know. The thing is, we live in this city. I mean, we have Griffith, Griffith Park and stuff like sure. that. But, you know, I remember I, I was working, a f- I don't know, it was years ago now. I mean, honestly, it might have been five years ago. I was working in Vermont, and I had worked the night before in New Hampshire. And so, fortunately, the transportation didn't take all that long. You know, it was like a three-hour drive or something to get to my next stop. And... um it might have been like a Friday or a Saturday. And usually I, I, because I'm usually, well, if I'm going from California, I'm often going west to east. And so you lose time, you know, because of the sure. three-hour time difference and um, and just travel takes a long time. And so usually I don't have much time to do anything at all other yeah. than, you know, maybe get a nap and, and a bite to eat. And then off I go to, to tell my little jokes. But so to have time during the day someplace, a big, big thrill for me. And the place, the the driver that dropped me off happened to know about, I don't know why, he happened to know about a path near the inn that I was staying at. And he said, oh, if you go up that, if you go up that little dirt road there, and then there's a path, and it goes to the woods. And you did I swear it. to God, might have been five years ago. I remember that as one of, you know, one of the peak experiences of my last 30 years of wow. life. Of just walking in the woods. Yeah. It was so 
beautiful and so nice. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I there mean, are moments great. after it shows was, where was, I realized there were woods behind where I was staying, and I remember them very vividly. I grew up, well, sorry, same as you, right? Sudbury, Massachusetts was a very wooded place. And yeah. um, I mean, they now know that it does all sorts of great things for the brain. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, we didn't know that back then. We just played in the woods all the time. And we had, my parents had like a square mile of conservation land behind their house. So they didn't own it. But you cross over this creek behind their house, and right. we'd take off up this little hill and just walk. Calvin and, and Hobbes. W- walk. Oh, yeah. my God. It was great. Beautiful. It, w- it really was. And so I think that those things... Um, now, I'm not going to say that once every five years is enough. The, the thing with drinking is there's lore behind it. We sure. all... I mean, I will occasionally still make like a drinking joke that falls into that pattern of suggesting that it would make things better. And the truth is, I don't, I don't really think that. I feel that I, when I watch TV, people are always oh, like... Always making jokes like that. Would it be a little better? bad with, news and, they, and the drink helps, or God, I need a drink, or all yeah, these different right. things. Yeah. No, those are like knee-jerk responses that we have. It's like this urban lore that's right. risen up around it. But the have tr- a bath and a glass of red wine. And, yeah, I don't, think it was, I don't right. think it was ever true that it was helpful. But boy... I bought, it's got great PR. I, yes, it does. Yeah, it does more than almost anything. Well, in the it goes world. back to sugar and screens and all these things. I, I would agree that alcohol has been sold to us as a. No, it really, really, thing. really has. And the truth is, it had the opposite effect. Yeah, just the polar. Well, I love watching Mad Men, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, everyone is it. better, and everyone's sharper. Every once in a while, they let an alcoholic kind of fall on his face. But I'm like, dude. Nothing is this way. This is that's one of the reasons I like the show. It's like a fantasy. It's like oh, I've, never, cool? I've never seen it. I, I I don't watch a lot of modern shows. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke is my bible, but I don't <laughs> I don't watch a lot of modern shows. It was um, well. What did you like about alcohol when you thought you liked alcohol? I think I thought it took some sort of edge off, and yeah. then you got to ask yourself, well, where did the edge come from? What edge? Right. Y- you know, like. It's just, it was just such a silly idea, and uh, there was nothing ever romantic. So about you weren't it. looking to slow. That's my leading question. You weren't looking to slow down because if you got drunk, you couldn't do your chores. You couldn't. Well, I make did a your... lot of chores, anyways. I just did them much slower. You know. <laughs> wow. Just... So what do you do? Like, because I'm sitting here and I'm like, it's 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 interesting to watch your brain, and you're very active, and you have a lot of things to do, and and you're getting a lot done. And I'm like, is there is there a respite from that? Well, I mean, I sit on an airplane for hours and hours and hours, um, and uh, mostly still I put a, you know, I almost always wear a baseball cap, and, and, and I have a, and I use little airplane blankets, and I put it over my head. Mm-hmm. I didn't discover this until about a year ago. I just put the whole blanket over my head, uh-huh. and so there's, I, I no longer worry. About, I mean, I, I always slept on the plane anyways, but you know, you know that everybody's looking at your mouth hanging open, and sure. you look so awful. So now I have none of that. You have a shame time. I have a, like a, and, and because of my visor on my baseball cap, there's like a little, you know, well, it's not Burka like. Zi- I zip this up all the way. I, I'm with you. I cover yeah. my face. Yeah, it's great. I cover everything. And so I mostly am not awake on the airplane. Um, but uh, no, I keep a, I don't have unscheduled time. Yeah. Um, partly because I schedule it. Uh, and, How are and I your like kids? That. Are your kids this way or do no. they go the other way? Uh, sadly, the other way for the most part, I yeah, think. I, had the- I, I really don't know, actually. They're young adults and they, they, they do their thing. I, that's not like I know what they do with every minute of their time. Sure. But what do they make of this lifestyle? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, Oh, they, it's funny because every now and then one of them will say to me, boy, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I'm like, 
it would be good if you did. <laughs> uh, you know, you might want to find out how I do it because, uh, yeah, and I, I, there's not like a driven quality about any of them at this point. And I don't know that there was when I was their age either, come to think of it. Right. I mean, I've done my share of time wasting. You got it out of the way early? I think. And maybe I'll do some more. But, um, but I... I uh, but is it possible that, not doing, that doing nothing isn't time wasted? Um, any time spent at a video game is time wasted. Oh, I didn't, I didn't yeah. say video no, game. I, just, I, I know, but I just nothing. want to circle back and make yeah. sure I was clear about that uh, in every way. They're <laughs> terrible. They're horrible. They're a menace. Um, on the other hand, I have a pinball machine that I really love, but I don't play that very often either. <laughs> but what about just like, you know, looking at a tree or sitting on a park bench or, or just sitting on this couch? Sometimes I'll just lay here and be. Oh, I don't own a couch. No couch. No, don't believe in them. How's that? I'd never owned a couch. Tell me everything. I figured it would. It, it's the. It's the. It's the gateway drug. I, I, I just. I knew that if I had a couch, I would not get off it. I don't own a bed. You don't own a bed. I don't own a bed. What are we sleeping in? I sleep on the floor. I sleep on the wood floor. In fact, this morning, I was. I. I put. I put blankets out of the floor. I've. I sleep on the wood floor with a flannel sheet underneath me. Okay, and uh, so a, 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 you know, a comforter on top of me and some pillows. And so I get up this morning. I was folding up my bed because I fold it up every day and put it into a box um, because I don't want the shampoos. I don't want it to know a different box, not the shampoo box. I don't have those anymore. I gave it to that guy. Um, so I was folding up my. I have a um, treadmill desk, desk uh-huh, treadmill sure. thing, and I never turn the treadmill on. But I do stand at the desk to work. Um, but so I was folding in my bed and I somehow managed to get my head underneath the desk. Okay. And I raised up not realizing it and I smashed my head so bloody fucking hard. It still hurts to touch it. And there was a few seconds where I thought, uh-oh, I've, you know, I'm going to pass out. Oh, no. And then I thought, well, what if I have a concussion? And so I said to myself, who's the president? Because that's what they always asked you. Sure. And then I remembered who it was. It took me a second, by the way. Yeah. It did take me a second. Nice, blissful second. <laughs> but I remembered who it was, and I got so depressed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, so... Then you hit your head again. Yeah, on purpose. exactly. I'm like, now hitting my head seems like the highlight of my day. <laughs> well, um, we always... Um, Talk, I'm looking at your hat for the oh yeah the freedom, freedom from, from religi- religion religion foundation. foundation yeah Ron Ron Reagan Jr. does ads for them sometimes Ron Reagan Jr. does it yeah well we always talk about the meaning of life we do that's what we talk about on the podcast wow so you and I also have you figured it out no I, oh, I sure haven't every but now I, and then I think I have it like you ever wake up from a dream and you realize that in your dream. You figured you it out. Oh, sure. But now you can't remember. Yeah, no, I've I've had that. I have that feeling maybe fifteen times a day. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so close. It. But what do you? What is the? What do you make of all this? The the phenomenon that we're here. The phenomenon that we're here. Yeah. Oh, it's all science. I think. Um, who's the guy in the wheelchair? Just died. Astrophysicist Hawking. Yeah, Stephen Hawking. Uh, apparently, in his last book, he says there is no God. Part of me thought, thought, felt like, fuck you, Stephen Hawking. Why didn't you say that before? Yeah. You know, like thought, he could have helped. 
we thought he believed in God? I don't know if he ever discussed it one way or the other. I have no idea. It's not like I followed. I saw that great movie about him, but right. I don't. I, it's not like I followed his well, career when, or his we, writings. When we not believe in God, which is uh, great, um, there's still uh, something that was set into motion here that we're studying with science. And, and, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I have no idea how it all started. Uh, what I know is there's no um, there's no woo woo thing anywhere. There's no there's no there's 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 nature and the effects of nature, but there's no um, you know there's no uh, don't bother praying to anything. Um, I think it. I think that when people do that, it's a comfort to themselves, mm. and and in that way, I would never want to take that away from anybody. That's not my point, um, but I don't think it. Uh, I don't. I don't think there is a guy like. Um, what's the word? What do they call it? An AA? A higher, higher power. power. Yeah, there's no higher power. Right. They always, you know, I I was court ordered to AA for five years, and I and I went. I did. I went to every goddamn one of those things I was told I had to go to, and I was never going to be an AAer. And uh, for those for whom it works, fantastic. Good for you. I encourage it. Um, but it's not a thing for me. Um, but I went for five years. And I, and I met some lovely people, really lovely people that I like a lot. Um, and, uh, but every now and then I would get in a discussion with somebody and I said, well, you know, this is not going to be for me because I'm an atheist. And people, You're a triple A. And people would say to me, they'd <laughs> go, they'd go it doesn't have to be God. It can be the ocean. And I used to say to them, well, if I was drinking, that might work. Ah. Um, not that the ocean being your guiding power makes any more or less sense than some airy-fairy thing the, in the sky. the phenomenon of awareness and consciousness, that we're alive and that the, the, the universe is conscious? You think we are. Don't you ever have that thought? <laughs> oh, sure. Don't you ever think? You want to have some thought experiments? We can be like, yeah, how do we not know that yeah. this isn't the first This moment? is why I'm so glad that pot never took with me, um, <laughs> because I would be, uh, you know, I would have those box-in-a-box-in-a-box box box thoughts, sure. and I would never But there leave. is something looking out of your eyes, you know, right now that we don't fully understand. Well, I have, uh, looking out of my eyes? Yeah, you're... I have glasses. You're out your eyes. Oh. You, who you are. Oh, I'm going... And I'm also going blind. That's a pretty high power is what I'm saying. Just consciousness itself. Oh, consciousness. Oh, I don't know. This is way over my head. You don't understand. I worship the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> you mentioned it. It's that your says, Bible. It is. It's my Bible. I, and I'm going to read to you now from the book of Buddy. <laughs> I uh, I stayed in a hotel the other day. I forget where. I'll think of it. Maybe Chicago. And uh, it was one of those hotels that has the... Long hallways with the um, photographs of, of like old stars, and uh, it happens that they, so I'm going down the hall looking for my room and I'm checking in, looking for my room, dragging my luggage, and looking at all these great old photographs. And my room had Maury Amsterdam just outside the the uh, door. Is he on the Vic D- Dick Van Dyke show? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, no, I don't know. You don't know the Dick Van Dyke show? No. Oh, my God. I know. I don't think I've ever met anybody like this. I was born the year you started stand-up. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's been in reruns and stuff. I mean... I've been watching Mad Men. <laughs> it's one of the greatest shows ever. You know, the thing is, and it holds up. I mean, there are shows that you watch from a long time ago, and you go, well, I can see why I liked it then, but it doesn't make sense sure. right now. But no, Dick Van Dyke show holds up. It's brilliant. I mean, uh, you know who Dick Van Dyke is, don't you? No, not really. 
I, I'm picturing uh, oh Ed God. Sullivan, I think. No. Did you see Mary Poppins, the movie? A very long time ago. Okay, well, he plays Bert, and he also plays the old banker. Like your daughter. And a fork. Yes, yes. He, he also plays a fork. His favorite yeah. part yeah. was the bow. The bow. The credits. <laughs> the credits. The, the credits are the bow. Although they didn't get the residuals, residuals back then, Oh, my so. goodness. Well, so no God, no AA, uh, no feeling that this continues after you die. That's a fun way to get oh, into it. Oh, heavens no. Heavens no. No. How about hell no? <laughs> no. Mercifully, it doesn't continue after I die. Yeah. You know, the idea that I would die and then like, you know, somehow a, a minute later, I'd be a salamander. Yeah. I'd be the angriest salamander on the planet. It's so funny. I was actually, I tried talking about this on stage that... You know, atheists and most of the people I know believe you die and it's over. To a Buddhist, that is wishful thinking. That the Buddha died. He achieved enlightenment, though, so he got to get off the wheel of birth and life. But oh, and to think that you could just be going. a hard materialist and be like, no, we just die and it's over because that makes rational sense. They would say, uh, dream on, you're going to be a penguin, and then you're gonna, until you realize you are just light, and then you can leave. Okay, what do I have to say? That's right. That's like <laughs> what do I have thing. to say to and get the, out? <laughs> right. That's like the whole thing of, um, what is it, born-again Christians. This B- idea B-A-C's. that all you have to do is accept Jesus as your Savior. So you say the words. I think you can say them in your head. Sure. I think you have to say it out loud because you're talking to God. Right? Accept Jesus as your Savior. You're in heaven. That's it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's to say that just before Hitler... Shot himself. Well, that's the thing. He didn't say, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Well, that, that's Boom. in uh, Shakespearean place. First of all, that's a misconception. Uh, that's, that's my tradition, and that's how I grew up believing, is that all you had to do was confess that you believe that you accept Jesus in your heart and you're good. So why not do it? In fact, my tradition believed that if you did it even as a youth and then later became an atheist, you were still saved. Like, you were go- oh, still good. Wow, really? There was no getting over it. But if you, there's a Shakespeare play, I think it's Hamlet. I'm not sure. I won't be embarrassed because there's so many of them. Well, I, I'm not familiar. There's a guy and he's praying and there's another guy who wants to murder him and he waits until he's done praying to murder him because he doesn't want the guy to go to hell. So he's letting him get his confession out before he murders him. The guy gets away as a result of it. But I mean, that is the logical question is, uh, you know, I, I, I had a problem with that one as well. It's like, it's such a weird thing. Yeah. Would you really want to like ascend? And then there's, you know, there's, uh, Hitler, Hitler and Jeffrey Dahmer. And you know, uh, uh, what's the other guy I told you about Mussolini and yeah. you know, a little hollowed out space. The next in the back 600 of his head. days. Uh, yeah, I mean, we really want to go there. I mean, it doesn't sound like. I, I, I mean, I'd be so surprised, and sure. and I'm like a really polite person in terms of like socially. I'm, I, I, you know, like I'm. I, I don't know, it's not that I'm mannerly. It's that I'm like I would be. I would never say like, you know. Gee, Hitler, what the hell are you doing here? You know, I would just have to be like, Adolf, good to see you. Hey, Adi. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to. Mussolini, you have a very out. large section at the library. It's very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Wait till you see all the books. People are reading about you, talking about you all the time. Your uh, book? Oh, I, could, I was on a list at the library. Couldn't even get you. <laughs> well, this is the lovely conversation. It's getting late. We're going to put the baby down. But... We always end with the same question. First of all, it's lovely to meet you. It was so nice to meet you. Lovely Thank you very much for having yeah, me. Th- and please listen to your podcast, Don't Plug It, and buy your book, Don't oh, You Dare Plug It. Thank you very much. And um, no, uh, 
do listen to your podcast. What's it called again? Nobody listens to Paul Poundstone. What's it called, though? Exactly. Thank you. Nobody listens to Paul Poundstone. Uh, My book is, of course, um, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness. And none of these things I meant to say, right? Uh, I, I have another book called uh, There's Nothing in This Book That I Meant to Say. There yes. it is. I have two books. Two books. Can you believe it? Yeah. And, and as if that were not enough for a whole career, uh, on my website, you know, it's paulpoundstone.com. I'm feeling lucky. I have available a remarkably soft T-shirt made of a tri-poly blend. Uh, with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. What's the quote? I forget. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's like that old Steve Martin joke where he goes, the wisest thing I ever heard. Always, wait, never. <laughs> that was the whole joke. Um, what is the hardest time you've ever laughed? Or one of them? You did mention earlier that you can never think of things when you want to. Yeah, I never can. So don't panic. I think that my... <laughs> I think that... I'm sure that I can't remember the hardest I ever laugh, but I can remember a time that I laughed very hard. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, I was, I'd gone to see the movie Reds. You probably weren't born yet. It was Diane Keaton and Warren Beatty. It was a very long movie. It's good. Uh Um, About Jack Reed. And uh, I'd gone with another comic, a guy, and... Um, we're on our way out of the theater. Big sad ending to the movie. We're on our way out of the theater, and somebody just a little ways up the raked, uh, you know, seating area from me, uh, in the aisle, had a napkin stuck to the bottom of their foot, <laughs> and I have a very cheap sense of humor. And so this made me laugh really, really hard. But what happened was, <laughs> the guy that I was with, and I, and this is a funny guy thing in the world of comedy. I think I just was always so used to sort of deferring. So, the, you know, the guy that I was with, the idea that the thing that I was finding funny, like he didn't know what it was was really bothering him or that it hadn't come from him, right? That he wasn't the master of it somehow. Right. And so every time he said, what's so funny, it just made me laugh harder because there was just something about how annoyed he was that I was getting pleasure out of something. So simple. You know, right. That had nothing to do with it. That he didn't even know what it was. Every time I tried to say it, every time I tried to explain, it just made me laugh harder. And I knew he would never find it funny to begin with. But the idea that I was amused by something All that alone. he didn't have a part of in some way yeah, yeah, yeah. or that he would have found beneath him just – like even if I could have gotten the words out, he would have just thought I was stupid. And, and maybe I am. But I, was, uh, <laughs> but I sure did enjoy laughing about it. You are lucky that pot never grabbed you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that I am. Uh, I, I, I swear, I, I thought I, uh, I tried. I know there have been times with my kids where I've laughed. R- really, one time on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. In fact, it's even on YouTube. One time I, I do a radio new, news quiz show made by NPR, uh, and it airs on public radio on the weekends. It's called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and and I've been on it for 17 years. And and uh, 
the host, Peter Sagal, uh, is a guy that's much smarter than me. Uh, he's my boss, really. He says he's not, but I feel that he is. Uh, but anyways, I, I, I forget why I found something that he did so funny. But it's very similar in that he couldn't understand what I was finding funny. And I got laughing so hard. And the more, like, you know, when you find something funny and you try to explain it, yeah. well, it just makes you laugh all over again. And every and the show couldn't go on. They're sure. waiting and waiting for me. And I, I, I was sincerely trying to stop at some point, and I just plain couldn't. I love that feeling. I do love that feeling. And, you know, my daughter, I didn't know that it was on YouTube. My daughter said, Mom, there's a thing of you. And she showed it to me. I started laughing all over again. I love it. I thought it was just so... <laughs> just the idea that my laughter was annoying people. Yeah, yeah. Even though I really was trying to stop. Oh, it was like no. the idea that, you know, Paul, don't have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I have that feeling today. Oh, I was yeah? explaining that some film directors, I was talking about the movie Sucker Sucker Punch. Is that what it's called? The guy that did the Batman Supermans? Sucker Punch. Anyway, like sometimes you watch a movie and you get too much of a glimpse into the director's subconscious and no one had the no one told him he should keep it to himself because he was like, and then the girl in the schoolgirl outfit does a flip over the guy and the robot shoots oil on her feet and it's like Wait, too much so info. You, you mean you, you, you're watching the director talk about no, it? No, I was just watching a movie and I was oh. like, this is embarrassing. Like oh. we're just so clearly seeing what he thinks is sexy. Oh, I and see. And it's like so... Just just for him. Yeah. <laughs> and like no one had the decency to tell him. Yeah, right. And right. I was laughing so hard, I had to stop because I realized like, oh, we've just gone into something, a corner in my brain that's only going to tickle me. Right. And oh, the rest yeah, of the yeah, room yeah. just was like, eh. Years ago, there was a wonderful comic named Taylor Negron. He was a comic and, a, and an actor. And we had a f- mutual friend, Bob Whitey. Bob Whitey. Um, Whitey Bulger? Uh, no, no, not Whitey Bulger. <laughs> uh, Bob Whitey, who uh, is a documentarian, uh-huh. and uh, and also knows he, he, he he's he's also he used to direct um, the uh, oh Larry David thing. Curb. Yeah, and uh, anyways, so many 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 years ago, Bob had made a documentary about W. C. Fields. Mm-hmm. And he had a screening for it in like a little screening room at some studio somewhere. And uh, me and Taylor were roommates at the time, so we sat together. And in the W.C. Fields documentary, you know, obviously he showed clips of some of Fields' films. And there's a film called, I think it might be, It's a Gift. And there's a scene where his he's like the henpecked husband and there's an him and his wife and they sleep in separate beds and the, the they hear a noise someone had broken in downstairs and the wife wants um fields who's playing a character named ambrose um uh, she wants him to go downstairs and you rescue her make sure you know find out what it yeah, is yeah. and so he's afraid to go so he's doing everything very slowly you know like he goes to put on his slippers it's just really slow and the wife is just having she's going, ambrose Am- oh, oh do hurry ambrose do hurry and, <laughs> and so he's got a gun in the nightstand she's going, get the gun ambrose and then he would very slowly put the bullets in and Taylor and I found this so funny. We were, we were crying. We were crying. We really thought, like, okay, I know they want us to find this funny, but at some point, 
the, the, the documentary moves on, and we still couldn't stop laughing. Wow. We were just, we were crying. With That's a, a really, great bit. Oh, so, so much fun. And the thing is, like, I've seen the whole movie before, and it still makes me laugh, but it will never make me laugh as hard as when I was, you know, watching with Taylor. I love it. In a documentary. In a do- yeah, in a that just had a clip. But you know what's interesting is I didn't know W.C. Fields was funny until I saw that documentary. To me... I'd like to see it. What was it called? It was called W.C. Fields Straight Up. It's very good. The last to, 600 days? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, it, like, my father was a W.C. Fields fan. And I saw one time on like a Sunday afternoon television, Sunday movie thing, I saw My Little Chickadee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it didn't do anything for me. I, I, I don't understand. know. I didn't think it was that funny. So I had just sort of dismissed him and not really thought that he was funny all this time. And I saw this thing and, oh my gosh, is he funny? Really funny. Um, and then another time, my friend Ellen Quinn and I, who was a waitress at a restaurant that I bust tables at, we had gone to a place called Frankenstein's, which was at the corner of Com and Mass Ave. Uh-huh. And it was a place that had, it was a bar, you get like beer for a buck or something, and um, I didn't drink beer, but, uh, and they showed a movie, and hence Frankenstein's. And, uh, no, they show, yeah, and they were showing Psycho one night, and my friend Ellen and I, and the thing is, everybody in the bar, because they all wanted to see this movie very cheaply, um, you know, there was a certain behavior code. Everybody's quiet when the movie's on. Yeah, sure. Um, so I had never seen Psycho before. And uh, the movie, honestly, must have just gotten started. And I think Ellen sneezed. And when she did so, she had these long nails. And when she went to sort of catch her sneeze, one of her nails went up her nose and caused her to have a nosebleed at the beginning of Psycho. Well... <laughs> We were just like, <laughs> we, were, we were destroyed with laughter. But we had to leave. We couldn't stay because there's nothing. There are no laugh moments in sight. Yeah, of course. So we just had to oh, leave. Oh, they're laughing at the murder. We staggered yeah. out of that place laughing so hard. Oh, and we rolled one. around on the sidewalk on Mass Ave wow. at Com. Oh, my gosh. It was fun. Oh, so know. anyways. Isn't it funny to even think about laughing? I isn't know it? that's why well, that's my favorite question to ask. Yeah, it's a great question. Well, we got to check. We'll check out your podcast. Thank you for driving so far to come. I did. Here. It would not normally be that far, but today was today was, uh, today was National Traffic Day. Yes, apparently, I know. But thank you for making the trip. And oh, we, thanks for having me. See, I was thinking that you guys were waiting in a studio for me no. somewhere. And so I felt terrible we that I was so... TV. Turns out you were, you were all comfy yeah, in your fancy-ass house. I'm fine. And I was, I was delaying your return to this less-than-fancy uh, work area. <laughs> I, did your wife send you out here on punishment? Because... It's it's. I like it's it back cold. here, Paula. There's, there's boxes of some sort of storage. This is earthquake food. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I'm not fucking around. I guess not. But you know, part of me says, "Well, how long would you want to live in this room?" Yeah. <laughs> would you say? <laughs> we have the guests say the catchphrase at the end. It's keep oh, it crispy. Would you say keep oh, it you crispy? Say, you say, they say, oh, you say that every That's week? That's how we know it's over. What did it come from? Where was that? I just, when I started the podcast, I was obsessed. 
I thought it was so funny just to tell people to keep it crispy. It's, yeah. it's kind of like what we're talking about. Yeah. It just makes me yeah, laugh. Sure. Yeah. Well, keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> See? Thank you. I've seen my shoes, they fit I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice game make you players want to